Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp for the first ever annual Fightful Awards. Man, we are so happy to be doing this. I'm joined by Will Washington, a veteran of many award shows is Will Washington. Will, how are you doing? Great. This is my 18th one of these. I'm excited because I've been doing this a long time. And we got a veteran of the red carpet, Denise Salcedo. Denise, how are you doing here? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be doing this award show. I'm so excited. I feel like, you know, it's just fun to get to, you know, talk about everybody who did such tr- such tremendous work this whole year. So I'm very much excited. I'm very excited for this, guys. We're going to have some presenting sponsors. We're going to ha- you're going to hear from some of your favorite stars. I wanted to talk a little bit about what these o- awards mean to us. And as we open up, I want to tell you that the show is brought to you by Kaysen llc.com it is a collaborative advancement for social at emotional needs and it helps you sort of buffer your child between social media and growing up check them out Kason llc.com they bridge that gap between school and social media by continuing the lessons learned in school 
And uh, you can find all the information on our presenting sponsors, which made this possible in the description below. But uh, I approached Will uh, probably a couple months ago about doing an award show because I felt like it was time. Fightful Select had, had grown into not just the largest Patreon wrestling in wrestling. It was like times three, I think it was. So I, I saw that we had a very good educated base. And we had never really done awards before. But, Will, it's something that you had done many times. And what I liked about this was you told me how much this actually meant to you that you would continue to do an award show. Yeah, I know. That was one of the the big pieces of what I wanted to continue doing. Like, I, I love getting to look back at the wrestling year and acknowledging what we saw and just giving a good, just putting a good cap on everything as far as the past year is concerned and it's one of my favorite parts of the year it's one of my favorite things to do i know the wrestlers even though some won't admit it like this kind of stuff they like having their work appreciated and acknowledged and uh it's 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 a good thing there's nothing wrong with this stuff i i love that this i get to be a part of the first one for fightful well i'll talk i'll talk more about how the wrestlers do like it at least most of them in a moment but denise what do award shows mean to you i mean You've made a pretty good career doing red carpets and the like. Yeah, so prior to like my wrestling days and all of this, I was used to being on like the red carpets and going to award shows for charities, for women in sports, for celebrities, for all sorts of different things. And so to finally have, I guess you can say my two worlds collide and to be able to actually be out here and, you know, award people that I'm, you know, I'm just so happy that it's pro wrestling and we're getting to, you know, give people awards. I'm excited and I'm happy for everybody. Even the intro video, I was like, oh my God, it's starting. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I, I want to I wanted to make I wanted to make this a big deal every year. And uh we've never done this, so my line of thinking was this first year it's going to be very expansive. It's gonna be all encompassing. Uh in the years that follow, we are gonna pare it down quite a bit and we're gonna narrow them down. But this year I, I wanted to show the talent that one entertains us and two gives us something to talk about, gives us a living that they matter to us and Oh boy, do they. Let me tell you. Fightful footed the bill for these beauties. Look at that. Dang. Look at that. I can't pull it up close, but it's got our nice logo up there. This is a test one that Jimmy had made. It says tallest person of the year to Sean Ross Sapp. Look at look at the thickness. Look at the look at the vascularity on those. My god, I am so excited. Uh, I'm going to be taking uh, a whole bunch of these probably to Royal Rumble, to uh, AEW, Rep Arena. I'm going to be carrying them in on a damn dolly, but uh, there are a lot of people that are very excited, and you guys are going to see some of those people that are excited about these. I'm ready to talk about some awards, guys. Let's go. Let's go. The, I'm ready. This first award is brought to you by our friends, over at Wrestle Lost. You can follow them on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wrestle Lost and Facebook.com slash Wrestle Lost. What do you get when you put together a brainiac with a poly shore complex, a guy who loves to push people's buttons, and has a dong cam, and an Amish guy who's easily angered and has a knack for technology? You get Johnny, aka the brain, Drew the aka the sniper, and Freddie, aka Triggered. They are the Nostra dumbasses of wrestling podcasts. Wrestle Lost. We thank them for supporting us and making this possible. 
And this, the, these opening awards are sort of collective awards, but I felt like it was necessary that we do cover the independent aspect of pro wrestling. And we have a few awards to give out. Our winners in the independent wrestlers category. Starting with the U20 award, Nick Wayne runs away with this award with an astounding 62% of the votes. The 17-year-old wrestling prodigy performed in promotions such as GCW, West Coast Pro, Defy, and Prestige, and became one of the youngest in-ring talents ever signed to AEW. The Indie Tag Team Award went to the tandem of Ali Catch and Effie, better known to fans affectionately as Bussy, who got 55% of the votes over a crowded field for their performances throughout promotions like GCW. The Women's Independent Wrestler of the Year Award goes to Chelsea Green taking 40% of the vote as she competed in over 50 matches across over 20 promotions while also performing in Impact Wrestling, where she was one half of the Knockouts Tag Team Champions. And the Men's Independent Wrestler of the Year is Matt Cardona, washing away the competition with 67% of the vote. Matt Cardona performed in over 70 matches throughout 2022, collecting multiple titles along the way and re-establishing his name among hardcore wrestling fans before he decides what's next. Chelsea Green with Women's Independent Wrestler of the Year. Stooge number one has done it. We stuffed the ballot boxes she ran away with it. Denise, you've been able to see some of that GCW heat firsthand. I was very surprised by this. I feel like this might be a name recognition thing, but I think that she she actually did a lot of good work. I think so, too. You know, I got to see everybody here that was mentioned, uh, you know, that just won. I got to see all of these people. And this is my favorite thing right now is that I love independent wrestling. I love going out to all of these shows and getting to see all of these athletes work together and just the things that they put out there. It's been so freaking cool. So honestly, I'm not surprised uh, with the winners that were announced. Uh, well, Bussy and Chelsea and Cardona, they're, they're tied together there. So I'm not surprised that, that these four specifically took home these awards. I thought that the race was going to be closer for the U20 with Billy Starks and Nick Wayne, but Nick Wayne ran away with it. Yeah, Nick Wayne, um, I think a big piece of it has a lot to do. And, and, and for a lot of these guys, I think a big piece of it is the name recognition. But for somebody like Nick Wayne, for the amount of headlines he's made um, being, uh, as Denise mentioned in the video, youngest signed to AEW, um, and some of the talent he's gotten to work with just in being signed to AEW, he's gotten to work with Swerve, he's gotten to work with Darby Allen, and getting to work those Defy shows. And I think a big piece of it is also the anticipation, right? Like, we we know something big is on the horizon when that kid turns 18, and uh, it's going to begin immediately. So I, I wasn't surprised by Nick Wayne getting it. I probably also voted for Nick Wayne myself. But uh, <laughs> either way, uh, congratulations, Nick Wayne. Well, uh, congratulations to us because after two weeks of chasing down Effie for an acceptance speech, we finally got one. Here are the tag team, independent tag team of the year, Bussy. <laughs> oh, no. 
you know how for the past few weeks we've been completely together side by side and wrestling each other always you know how intergender wrestling we were told constantly that it's uh bullshit and that we shouldn't pursue it further of course you know how we picked the name bussy because we were already offensive as an intergender tag team and now we wanted to offend you more I mean, I just want them to assimilate. I don't want to oh. offend. You're going to assimilate. Okay, well, I've got a big announcement to make, Allie. What is it? All of the work we did to try to push people away from us and be badass and gay and wild, it didn't work and they love us. Oh, no. Yes, the fans have voted. And uh, based on the Fightful fan vote, we are the Indie Wrestling Tag Team of the Year. Who's surprised? Are you? I'm not surprised at all. Let me tell you something. These people are finding out about Bussy at a rapid pace and all the other boys are stomping their feet because they can't get their tag teams over because we know what the people want and it's Bussy. They want Bussy. Well, the, Allie, the suffix of the year. The suffix of the year, the former GCW tag team champions, the war games goddesses, the queens of true wrestling, the show running marvels. It's Bussy and you can't keep up with us. Go ahead and send us next year's award too. Yeah, I want my plaque, please. We need that. We need our plaque. We need a medal. And we need you to admit that Bussy's better than the other tag teams. We don't have a belt, but neither do they anymore. So it's okay. Congratulations. We won. You're welcome. All right. You're welcome. Fightful. Thank you to Sean Ross Sapp for having us be voted for. You chose us. All right, I'm stopping it. So they they were wonderful. Uh, They were together like multiple times and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're filming this. And it didn't happen. And not until (laughs) I made threats to give the award to Jeff Jarrett and his guitar as tag team of the year (laughs) did they film it. But I also made another threat and it was to give the award to Chelsea and Matt. And I can't wait for the online heat when Kyler tweets out that Chelsea Green won independent woman of the year. Matt Cardone is prepared for that. We did it. We are the independent wrestler of the year. You won the women's category. I won the men's. Thank you, all you fightful Mark, Sean Ross, Mark. I appreciate it. We did it. I mean, we took over the indies. Are you surprised? I have I have absolutely no competition in this market, Matt. Well, I have a lot of competition. I beat them all. I beat every single one because I am the indie god. I'm the deathmatch king. I'm the internet champion. And I'm married to the hottest bitch in the world, Chelsea Green. The independent awards. It's likely these will be condensed down next year, but very happy with how this turned out. We got some good people winning these awards. More than what we can say for the next one. The next one is presented by Red 5 Comics. Guys, make sure you check out Red 5 Comics. They're a Houston-based publisher producing cinematic-style comic book entertainment. Red 5 titles have been nominated for three Eisner Awards and two Harvey Awards. New titles this year include the vampire epic We Are Scarlet Twilight, and you can subscribe to their newsletter at red5comics.com for news, previews, and special discounts. Make sure you check out them in the description. We will be telling you more about Red 5 in a bit. But, uh, guys, there's there's one that's maybe not so fun to talk about. And it's Wrestling Story of the Year. 
2022 is the biggest year ever in wrestling news, as most of you that are listening to this already know. Despite all that, one topic ran away with 77% of our vote. Vince McMahon forced into retirement amid a sexual misconduct scandal, which is already a little dated. Just a few months later, Vince McMahon is back in the news, pushing his way back into WWE. That closing shot is uh, still one of my favorite pictures of 2022, not going to lie. It's a good one. It's a mood. (laughs) It is absolutely a mood, and it's very fitting of where things are today. Will, how many stories would you say happened in 2022 that in any other given year would have been the biggest story of the year outside of this one? We're talking fallout, Cody. I mean, think about the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of retirement last year, wrestled in the main event of WrestleMania in an impromptu match, mind you. A match that wasn't even announced. Not even the biggest story of that night, by the way. But, uh, you know, it's hard for me, right? Because I know on paper... This was the biggest story of the year, right? It had the biggest implications. It had a whole lot of ripple effects. But I feel like for what we do specifically, I don't think there really was a bigger story for us than Brawl Out. And I think that um, it is worth acknowledging that uh, with everything that took place, and I think, Sean, you can attest to that. Literally, I was sitting on the other side of that happening, and... Um, just thinking about for you, Denise, how big that story was for just for your YouTube channel, for your coverage, all of that. For Sean, how much sleep you lost over that story. I think it is worth acknowledging how much that story really meant to the professional wrestling landscape. I think overall, Vince, everybody voted correctly on that one, but I think it is worth acknowledging that Brawl Out, there was nothing bigger for our industry. Denise, I think that you and I especially learned a a very important math equation during Brawl Out. Sleep lost times subs gained equals money. Yes, that (laughs) is definitely true. But I kind of want to touch on uh, what Will kind of just mentioned right now is that, yeah, like for us, it was, you know, a big year with all of these stories. I mean, I think about all of these and the reason why all of it was so big was because it wasn't just, oh, this is what happened and let's move on from from it, right? No, all of these things changed the landscape of pro wrestling, either whether it was Cody Rhodes going to WWE, uh, you know, the, the, the bra, you know, CM Punk, we still don't even know to this day what his future with AEW holds. All of these different stories and everything that happened all had a huge impact in not only the storylines that we were seeing on television, but also also how things essentially played out for like the business the business aspect aspect of it all so yeah it is a pretty crazy year and to think we're still even kind of you know going off of that we're still feeling it this year yeah and we by the way guys send in your super chats send in your humper chats help us eat into the cost of these bad boys Jake Salazar says, how much money would I have to send for you all to get Vince to send in a video? I wouldn't accept a video if he sent one in, and that's the honest to God truth. No, 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 no. no, no. Are you kidding me? Vince accepting an award? 
for having yeah no that's what i mean Vince, are you kidding me you would give up having vince mcmahon think about just think about that playing out vince mcmahon literally accepting an award for having to resign due to misconduct are you kidding me opening any multimedia files that vince mcmahon sends me (laughs) after what i've learned about him buddy not at all i passed up hulk hogan helping cut my hair for the love of god Sean, imagine the Fightful Select subs if you were like, I got a 10-second video from Vince McMahon accepting the award. Like, you got to do it. Come on. Think about it. You got to do it. I got no desire. Got no desire for that. No. If if he sent – why are we even talking about this? (laughs) (laughs) I will publish that on my YouTube channel. Send me the video. I'll send you the video. You can run it, Denise. I will get myself some money out of it. You do that. Ah, I would feel that that ain't for me. But I mean, as we obviously no physical awards being handed out for this one. Uh, But I look at the MJF thing. I look at the CM Punk stuff, the brawl out, Naomi and Sasha. As you mentioned, Will, Stone Cold Steve Austin did not even crack our top five like subscription generators for this year. Not even, and for some reason, for some reason, I thought that when the calendar changed, things would slow down. It ain't happening. Uh, as it's people mentioned, up. I don't have a fiduciary responsibility. There you go. We're still getting puns because I accidentally called Hangman Page Tangman Page last night. Denise Tang Sado and Will Washington. God, I like that one. Will Washington. Guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Let us know what you think of these awards again pay for these things also leave a thumbs up on this video we would greatly appreciate it if you did uh this next award is brought to you by wrestling amino you can follow them at amino underscore wa it's a safe place for all things pro wrestling blog about your favorite promotions review shows join efeds showcase art promote podcasts you can join public or private chat rooms Community is available through the Amino Apps application across all iPhone and Android platforms. Follow Amino underscore WA on Twitter for more details. And oh, well, I just know we're about to. <laughs> I know. Angry tweets. I hope you're ready for I it, am guys. Ready for it. Through what some would call a tumultuous year, AEW still managed to emerge with three major awards as a company. AEW takes promotion of the year with 54% of the vote, ahead of their closest competition in both WWE and stardom. AEW, in conjunction with New Japan Pro Wrestling, wins Event of the Year with 51% of the vote, a card that delivered in front of a sold-out United Center in Chicago. And finally, Fightful's first ever Booker of the Year award was a close race, but Tony Khan edges out Triple H with 52% of the votes. I'm sure there'll be very reasonable discourse around these winners. Denise, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Twitter discourse. First Chelsea Green, now AEW. Let's go. You know what? I'm here for the drama. I'm here for the tea. I don't even care. Uh, you guys can, we can, I, I'm, I welcome the discourse, okay? I welcome it. I welcome the conversation. So let, let's break these down. Promotion of the year, wrestling event, booker of the year. Will, Tony swept these awards with some help from New Japan. And uh, New Japan, it was a big help with Forbidden Door. But booker of the year, there's going to be some people that are pretty mad. 
promotion of the year. There's going to be some people that are pretty mad. Um, this, I think visibility definitely had something to do with these. Yeah. Uh, well, so, and keep in mind, there's a reason we're dropping the percentages in these. It's because um, it's important to note uh, where they placed. I think that when it comes to promotion of the year, for example, I think it's uh, easy to kind of take a look back at the year and kind of think about where things went wrong. And for AEW, for WWE, for a lot of companies, especially AEW, a lot did go wrong last year, right? There was a lot of injuries. There was a lot of uh, controversy. There was uh, the walkouts. There was just various things that uh, didn't exactly make things go to plan. But I think ultimately, and what I was seeing in the comments from people who had voted was that what it came down to for a lot of people is at the end of the day, what show do I still find myself enjoying watching the most? And for a lot of people, that's still AEW Dynamite on a weekly basis. And I think that played a big factor in promotion of the year. Um, in terms of Booker of the Year, I do think that has a lot to do with visibility. I think that at the end of the day, Tony Khan is still extremely visible to people. And I think that he's still um, the most candid with people as far as uh, being just available on a weekly basis and talking about kind of the processes that happen behind AEW. And I think that, uh, I think people just kind of had an attachment to that and feel like they know Tony more than they have gotten to know pretty much anybody else. I think with Triple H, it's just a matter of, he hasn't had the time. It, Sean, Sean might take that from him. Sean Michaels is not business trained right now. So he is being very candid on these NXT calls that nobody listens to right now. He just <laughs> like he'll just blurt stuff out. I'm like, hey, it looks like Dijak is coming back, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We asked for him. We got him. He's coming back. I was like, damn, Sean. All right, but I mean, the NXT product is one that isn't. It's not getting that many eyeballs on it. So therefore, I, I don't think it's gonna. It's not gonna reemerge to like NXT Black and Gold days to where. Triple H probably would have won this award for years running had we had these awards, Denise. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think, like, if people get angry, there's one easy solve. You subscribe to Fightful Select and make sure you actually vote next year. That's These are these are voted by the fans, you know? So for people, I think that no matter what, I think in any category, we're never going to see eye to eye on things. And there is a lot of stuff, like even like for me, when I was thinking of, you know, wrestling show of the year, one of the ones that really stood out to me and I want to make sure to mention is she, wrestling. She's going to bring up NWA. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Will. Good one. Uh, um, women's no, wrestler I, of the year, Tyrus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. But WrestleMania, for example, I thought, you know, both nights I, th I thought were truly phenomenal. And I do think that, you know, they deserve their flowers for that show as well. I also want to shout out, you know, Scott Demore. I think that he's done great. phenomenal work with Impact in so many of the matches. The way that they have built up Josh Alexander was absolutely phenomenal. So I feel like sometimes people think like, oh, just with promotion of the year and booker of the year and show of the year. I think people take that to mean that absolutely nothing nothing good happened anywhere else but that's not necessarily the case AEW shined in the way that they had like you mentioned visibility but the other word that I think has to be said here is uh consistency there was a lot of really good stories um so much good stuff that I loved in terms of what we were seeing with MJF with CM Punk and so many others and so for me it was like we also got all of these matches that I remember loving these big moments and so for that I do think that AEW uh you know rightfully earns this award 
Also, uh, I mean, Triple H did it in a few months, and he still performed very, very well in this poll. With a full year, I think there's a good chance that maybe he takes it, especially like what happens if the Rumble opens strong and WrestleMania comes on really strong and he's still there. Uh, I think that, that stardom should have been in, a little more in the conversation of promotion of the year. Uh, but, I mean, again, from a visibility standpoint, maybe not quite there. In previous years, I'm sure Gato would have been uh, up there for Booker of the Year as well, as well as New Japan. But New Japan is starting to get some of that, that goodwill back. But if they lose Switchblade Jay White, they might not have that that foreign star that attracts some people there. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this all unfolds. I will you know say – this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C right we're all gonna get tagged shills on twitter yeah, oh for it. sure yeah. fan vote uh, <laughs> uh i will say that i did like seeing some of the appreciations for um like rossi agawa right because i feel like um stardom over the last year has uh really increased its presence amongst fans in general i feel like stardom had probably its best year ever last year and i think that's a testament to how well it's been booked and how well it's been um, almost marketed to uh, outside fans. And I think their growth is 
astounding. And I'm glad to see that Rossi did get some recognition in that poll. Um, and then, but also just talking about Forbidden Door really quick, I do want to mention how I think Forbidden Door is a, is worth acknowledging from a number of standpoints because that show did not come together the way it was supposed to. And to think about how much that show was missing by the time it hit, we had CM Punk injured, we had Brian Danielson injured. Uh, so much of that show didn't happen the way it was supposed to. And for it to have still turned out as good as it did, I think also deserves a little bit of a hand clap for that show. Categorically different than than what we expected. But uh, if you didn't expect Tony Khan to accept this award, boy, were you wrong. Hi, I'm Tony Khan, the president of AEW. And I'd like to thank all of you subscribers to Fightful.com and everybody who voted in the Fightful year-end awards. I'm here to thank you for three things. Thank you for voting AEW, your favorite wrestling promotion in 2022. Thank you for voting Forbidden Door, collaboration between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling as your favorite wrestling show of 2022. And thank you for voting for me as the best booker in 2022. To get this kind of feedback from the fans means so much. I'm a wrestling fan, and I know anybody who's subscribing to Fightful must really love wrestling and care about it to be following the news every week. And so you all know it's a 52-week-a-year job. And throughout these 52 weeks, everybody at AEW has worked so hard to make these shows possible. We have a great crew, a great staff. So many great wrestlers. And most importantly, we have the greatest fans in the world. The wrestling fans are the best. And to everybody, whether or not you voted for us, thank you for supporting pro wrestling. And in particular, thank you very much to those of you who voted for AEW as your favorite wrestling promotion. Thank you to everyone who voted for Forbidden Door as your favorite wrestling show this year. And thank you to everyone who voted for me as the best booker this year. All three, they really mean a lot. Thank you, Fightful Voters. I just want to say I'm glad that Tony Khan introduced himself so the audience would know who he was. Will. I thought I was the only person. Who, I love that. Hi, I'm Tony Khan. <laughs> uh, big thank you uh, for Tony Khan sending that in. Also, thank you to people who are, are sending super chats, humper chats. Melissa says, Fightful forever. Evangelina Gray says, love seeing all three of you. Also, soy rebe- I don't know what that means. Uh, Reggie says, just supporting my favorite crew. Peace and love to the entire Fightful fam. Jimmy Van for president and RIP Jay Briscoe. Jimmy Van is Canadian, so he can't do that. Uh, but thank you. Amish Boy Freddy says, award show of the year. Better than the rest. Appreciate you all, fam. Ian Hunter says, the award winner for best wrestling news site is Fightful. Thanks for what everybody at Fightful does. The best $7.91 a Canadian can spend. Uh, sorry about the conversion rate there, but Fightful Select is still worth it. Pro Wrestling Podcast, who you're going to hear more about, uh, says God bless Fightful. Chris Rain says, if you don't vote, then you can't complain. Well, you shouldn't complain. You know what I say, guys? Vote or die. Vote or die. My, my good personal friend, Diddy, follows me on Twitter, so I'm just adopting the, the vote or die strategy. Jambeard says, wait, so you're telling me that Billy Corgan booking Tyrus to become NWA champ didn't get him the award? Will, are you shocked? Look, I think I've caught enough flack for giving NWA shit this week. They were snubbed. They were snubbed. 
it's it's I, well i think it's just fair that you don't know how to watch the nwa style that's it that's it jake salazar says srs and will about to get all the marks on twitter calling them aw shills i you can't even accuse denise anymore she's on nxt I'm uh, on everyone's sure. payroll. It's true. Man, That's I, true. I still have my signed uh, Ring of Honor paycheck with Tony Khan's name on it. Yeah. Uh, do you? Do you, Janice? Yeah, I, I think I, I still have it. it in there. Our oh, next uh, cashed. Go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Oh, I mean, I was going to say, look, I have a song on the AEW album. I also have a song. I'm the only one. So technically, has... Will and I should be getting the angry tweets. I'm the only one not compromised. Denise is compromised by everybody, but you yeah, know who I, I am know. compromised by? Seven strong brands. Look at this beautiful shirt. A Christmas tree cake shirt. This thing is dope. They sent me this. I was so excited about it. Seven strong, fine strength in style. Shop now with the code FIGHTFUL5 and get $5 off your first order all orders of $50 or over receive free shipping. Visit them at 7-strong.com or find them on Instagram and Twitter. 7-strong brand on Facebook. They are a pandemic-era company started by seven friends from all around the country based out of Texas. You guys are going to love these. They got Tetris designs, Christmas tree cakes. How can you go wrong with Christmas tree cakes? 7-strong brand. I'm going to tell you more about them in a bit. 7-strong.com. Uh, Will, Denise, we're about to alleviate some of the hurt here. Yeah, because it helps to admit I've also been paid by WWE as well. But uh, no, keep going. I'm sorry. Well, in that case... I'm The Bloodline was the most talked about act of 2022, and with good reason. The dynasty led by Roman Reigns walked away with three separate awards in decisive fashion. They beat out popular groups such as the Blackpool Combat Club and House of Black to win Trio's Stable of the Year with 51% of the vote. But they wouldn't have gotten there without their special counsel who won Manager of the Year also with 51% of the votes. And that all comes together in the storyline of the year, where Sami Zayn joining the bloodline wins with a massive 70% of the vote, beating out the CM Punk versus MJF feud and cementing the bloodline status in professional wrestling as the ones. I feel like, uh, Will, as we'll start with you, it is important to note that uh, I did reach out to WWE for acceptance speeches and stuff, and there are some people that wanted physical awards. But Paul Heyman sent in a text acceptance in which I, I said, hey, you guys won three awards. And he said, as we should, with a we the one emoji finger pointing up in the air. Uh, he didn't seem surprised, Will. Are you surprised by any of these? No, I think that uh, this was all deserved. I think that when you think about what the bloodline has been able to accomplish, I met a stranger during Royal Rumble weekend. And Denise, you've seen me do this. I like just talking to random people about professional wrestling. Um, and I don't know. I like surveying people about their thoughts and stuff. And this guy told me that he was of the belief that the bloodline 
is the greatest act he's ever seen in his entire time of watching professional wrestling. And I thought that was such a fascinating take. And this was back in January, by the way. This was pre-Solo Sokoa. This was pre-Sami Zayn. This was literally just Roman Reigns, The Usos, and Paul Heyman. And just thinking now on how much further than that they've come. No, this, this is probably one of the biggest things WWE has been able to pull off in a very, very long time. They have made so much matter in a way where, like, think about where Roman Reigns is at in his career. Roman Reigns is about to be 38 this year, right? Um, Roman Reigns has been around 10 years. He very well, now granted, there would have been a lot of controversy, but he, um, he wasn't necessarily in a position to need to have to start anything terribly new. The Usos already had a ton of uh, tag team history behind them. And yet the fact that they were able to start this and add to it, I think is a testament to what they've been able to accomplish. And nah, it it's a big deal. I think the bloodline is the biggest act in professional wrestling easily. It, Denise, I'll tell you what I love about these three awards. The whole group were highlighted here. The manager one manager of the year. Roman Reigns, obviously integral in, in the bloodline, but the Usos, I mean, there's no trio stable without the Usos, right? And then you add Solo Sokoa. Well, then on the flip side of that, Sami Zayn is largely responsible for winning storyline of the year. If he doesn't have those performances, I don't know. What, I mean, MJF and Punk was really the only other thing in the running, and it wasn't close as far as a storyline goes. Maybe a feud. But you've got Roman Reigns who is helping, I wouldn't say make, but reestablish and reinvigorate people who have been in the business for over a decade. It's it's really fascinating how this has worked out. And it's transitioned from regime to regime, Denise. It's been absolutely perfect, I would say. And that's the thing, like even just watching the videos and like the images that were put up right now, for me, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I love that part. Yeah, that part was great. And it really is one of those things where I think you nailed it on the head where, you know, we're seeing all of these people be, uh, you know, awarded here. But on top of that, this whole storyline has elevated everybody and people that were already doing great. Roman Reigns, who's already been, you know, making such a, you know, massive name for himself. The Usos, who are already, you know, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And then Sami Zayn, man, I have been waiting for Sami Zayn to uh, really get such an opportunity like this. I mean, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm just such a big fan of his and getting to see him go out there and make people we know that, you know, in wrestling and all of this, we don't always agree with anything, but to have people all, you know, this huge majority say, yes, this is good. And we are all loving it right now. To me, that's just a testament to their, uh, to their, to their talent. That's what it is. You're seeing them and you're seeing how talented they are. And even just like Sami Zayn, like, almost making them break on television, them trying to hold back their laughter because it is that good. And even then, every single week covering SmackDown, it's like, you know, we're talking about, oh my God, what's going to happen now? Which direction are we going in with the bloodline? I thought this was going to happen. No, maybe now this is going to happen. And that's exciting. That to me makes a good storyline is when people are going back and forth, thinking about what it is they think is going to happen next. And just when I think they're going to get stale, they add Sami Zayn. And then just when I think they're going to get stale, they add Solo Sokoa. Then just when I think they're going to get stale, you wonder, is this time for Sami Zayn to, to leave? Like, what's going to happen next? 
And now there are so many questions around this acknowledgement ceremony next week. And there are so many directions they can go because this family is so expansive, dipping in and being like, oh, well, the reason why Paul is involved is because he managed Rikishi 30 years ago. That is just brilliant. That's so smart. That that complements the intelligence and the history of your viewers and, and the product that you got. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I didn't see anything else taking any of these. I mean, the elite couldn't possibly be in the running. They were barely around. Death Triangle, sure, but I mean, I feel like if the trios division had been established well before it was, maybe it would have a little bit more of a shot, but even then, that would have been such an uphill battle, Will, for them to, to even approach the bloodline. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it is worth acknowledging, you know, groups like Blackpool Combat Club, who came in very close, uh, not terribly close they, they still kind of ran away with it but i'd say the closest was blackpool combat club and i think the fact that there was a group throughout most of 2022 as baby faces that people really wanted to see good uh badass wrestlers make their way into the fact that it was able to turn wheeler yuda from kind of a guy who was uh, a side piece to best friends to all of a sudden somebody that is a legitimate professional wrestler who who comes off as um, badass in a lot of ways i think that the blackpool combat club should be acknowledged but yeah nobody else was even close i think the elite you know even they probably could have gotten there if we had a category that was like best working uh trio which maybe best trios point... match even <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could have happened sure but um, worth noting wheeler yuda his his coming out party was really, it was one of the top social hits for AEW in 2022 as well. So that worked out very, very well for them. Our next awards are the talent media awards. Now, just so you guys know, these are specifically for talent, not so fightful award, fightful podcasts are not eligible here, but these are presented by our friends at red five comics, that Houston based publisher that produces cinematic style, comic book entertainment, They've been published in five different languages across three continents. New titles this year include the Greek god crime saga Fallen. Red 5 digital comics are available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, so you can take them anywhere. And you, you, won't, even ruin, you won't ruin your pages, anything like that. Go to globalcomics.com. That is our friend at Red 5 Comics. Make sure to check them out. Red 5 Comics.com, presenting the talent media awards and now our awards in wrestling talent media covering vlogs podcasts books video games art with 36 percent of the vote the vlog of the year goes to being the elite even with a 10-week hiatus this year the young bucks long-running weekly peak behind the scenes of aew remains as popular as ever and the controversy probably didn't hurt either the Talent Podcast of the Year with 25% of the vote is Sessions with Renee Paquette with the closest competition from Click This with Kevin Nash and Jim Cornette's podcast. AEW's Renee Paquette runs away victorious with her in-depth and personal discussions with talent up and down the wrestling business. And finally, in the Best Pro Wrestling Book, Comic, Video Game, or Artist category, also known as the Best Physical Media Award, John Moxley's intimate and engrossing autobiography, Mox, wins astoundingly with 62% of the votes. 
So AEW taking home some good awards there. That book is fantastic. Now, this, is. these are some of those awards that will be condensed next year. It will be a wrestling media of the year. But um, there's also going to be some interesting competition over the next year with 2K sort of getting its feet underneath them. We don't know if and when the virtual basement game will drop. I'm sure more books will come out. AEW's video game. But I wanted to cast a wide net here, and I feel like being the elite highlights so many different talent that, my God, like it's hard to go wrong there. Also, the Renee Paquette Sessions has become sort of, it's either them or Jericho for your, your go-to post-WWE interview or your first AEW interview. And Emilio Sparks does incredible work on that show as well. And then that Mox book, Denise, it was just fantastic. And what I loved is he almost took uh, the type of approach that I like to take to, to news. He was like, I don't want to tell stories I've told before. I'm just going to exclusively say stuff that nobody's ever heard before. That's what you're going to get when you get this book. I thought that all three of these were very deserving candidates. That vlog of the year, you've got great stuff from Danhausen, from from Ethan Page, from Thunder Rosa. There's, there's a lot of competition. Sammy Guevara. There's a lot of competition in these awards. Completely agree. And it's all good top tier stuff, man. I love Renee's podcast. I listen to it all the time. Uh, her interview that she did with uh, Thunder Rosa is one of my favorites. And there's so many more. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of it. Will, uh, the podcast of the year. I was happy to see Click This getting some love, too, because... My favorite interview combo ever was Sean Oliver and Kevin Nash. Like they they inspired my interview style and I loved seeing the love that they get, but Renee Paquette she's impossible to dislike. If somebody dislikes her, the problem is with them. Yeah, I mean, I I'll say that look, we're just going to address the elephant in the room. You're a Cornette fan. Grab City got snubbed, completely ignoring Righteous Reg's backyard wrestling uh history. Listen, Are you kidding me? He is absolutely a talent. If we're going there, what about the Fightful Raw podcast? You're talking about two GCW main eventers right here. Exactly. What Talent? Come and on. You, and listen, you can't say I'm on their payroll because they don't pay anybody. Hey, I got paid. <laughs> oh, son. <laughs> we got Luis Hernandez saying, love Fightful. The award show, long overdue. It's a great idea. Well, I hope you guys are liking it. Again, we are going to condense these in future years, but um, I feel like a lot of these people deserve to be recognized. Jacob says, been hyped all month for this. Shout out to Pro Wrestling. Shout out to Fightful. No worst awards, though. Poor Tyrus. I wanted to highlight the best. I wanted to highlight the people that made us enjoy wrestling. <laughs> you didn't want to be a bully, Sean. Just say it. I, I should not be able to wrestle better than the NWA World's Champion. <laughs> Auntie Collins says, hi, hi. You look so beautiful. All three of you. Cheers. We love Auntie Collins here. We love her. Uh, Luis says, who would win producers or coach of the year? I think that if you were to take a wrestler poll, it would probably be TJ Wilson every single year, probably for the rest of his life. Uh, but he, he also, as Fightful Select broke this week, uh, put in a good word for Jason Cade, who's all of like 30, 31 years old, uh, to, to help out with the Rumble. Mike says, Will, Bobby Lashley has been great and doesn't age. I don't know specifically what that is in reference to. I mean, but they're it, right. Bobby Lashley they're right. Yeah, They're right. Jake Salazar says, Faction of the Year is obviously Vince and his board members. I mean, they're, they're very successful. Um, 
I'll give them that. I'll give them that. I know. It's like that episode of Nitro where the NWO took over and made it NWO Nitro, except the next week it stayed NWO Nitro, and that's just what's happening going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, we've got... <laughs> We've got Becky saying Mox's book is amazing, especially the audio book. Uh, have you have you checked out the audio book, Denise? Is, I've never listened to an audio book ever. Ever? No. Wow. I don't know. I have to I have to figure it out. I, I mean, honestly, they... especially when you're thinking about like an autobiography, it's really just like listening to a podcast and just hearing people tell the best of their stories. It's great. Sure. Sure. Uh, we also have. I recommend Mariah Carey's, by the way. Oh, I'm sure you, you do. do. She of sings at multiple instances during the uh, <laughs> during her autobiography. It's well, great. Mariah Carey is not sponsoring this show. No, she don't have to. I'd pay her to talk about her. Ryan says, had a rough day today. Really needed this show tonight. Thank you all for doing this. Tons of fun. Denise, go on Renee's podcast. It'd be so fun. I'm sure oh my God, I'd be to. so nervous. I'd be like, teeth chattering. <laughs> Pro Wrestling Podcast, who we will uh, hear from momentarily, actually. We will, uh, I mean, we, we can go ahead and tell you guys. The next uh, award is actually brought to you by our friends, at the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday and Friday for their Dynamite and SmackDown Rampage watch-alongs. Every Tuesday, he does his opinion where he brings in all type of wrestling content creators. They discuss, debate the week of wrestling. Also, does original content like Weird Wrestling Fan, WWF, where you talk about wrestling otaku, which uh, I'm glad people are at least getting their content off doing that. Our friends at Pro Wrestling Podcast, you can check them out at the PW pod, but they also sent in a super chat that says Tyrus is the future of the NWA. Oh, I, I mean, that's if tomorrow is the future. Sure. That's not wrong. Oh man. It, it certainly isn't. Uh, but also shot kid says NWA's exposure was up 400% this last year. Again, I'm, just, I'm done. I'm done punching on him. I, I I had a tweet that that upset some people in NWA this week, so I'm yeah, well getting who? that heat. <laughs> who could it possibly? So, maker. Well, let's discuss our next category, which is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Podcast: Women's Best on Promos. Now, uh, to me, it is largely a two-person race between Becky Lynch. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, I think there are other good promos, but I feel like Bailey's weren't... First off, she wasn't around as much this year, so that doesn't help. But the damage control stuff is very... It, it's very similar from a week-to-week basis, but missing seven months isn't going to help. Denise, is there anybody that stood out to you as as the, the overall pick for best women's promo? By the way, I just want to say I really did enjoy what we did get from Bailey. I thought she's I, I love the sure. way that she plays with the crowds. I just think she feeds off of them so well. But I mean, you can't ignore, like you said it with Britt and Becky. They really are, you know, they really were at the uh very top of their game. Will, how'd you feel? Yeah, uh I I was kind of all in on Becky for a number of reasons this year, promo-wise. I feel like she got to get to do what a lot of people don't get to, which is 
Um, she got to play both heel and babyface this year, and in doing so, I feel like we got to see the best of both worlds from her. We got to see her really deliver her best babyface promo post comeback this year. I think that she's ever had. Actually, not it wasn't the post comeback one. It was the one right before she left um, with the shoulder injury, the one after SummerSlam. Um, very, very good promo. But she also had some great heel promos that followed WrestleMania after losing the title. And I think we got to see that she has an ability to control the crowds with her mic work on both sides of it. And that's, if we look at the nominees, whether it's female, whether it's male, a lot of people haven't gotten to have those opportunities, but Becky's gotten to show us both. Let's take a look at the winner. The winner of Fightful's Women's Best on Promos is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. The former AEW Women's World Champion takes 56% of the vote, defeating Becky Lynch, Bayley, Jade Cargill, and Bianca Belair. Will, you just know she is putting this right next to her doctorate? <laughs> probably going probably to replace the doctorate. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, we, we got to see a, a little bit more out of her because she ended up playing, I wouldn't say, yeah, I would say second fiddle to Jamie Hayter at times. And we got to see how that sort of changed. We got to see a little more range out of her. How did you feel about Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, emerging with the victory? Um... You know, oddly enough, if this were like 2021, I think that would have been more, I, I feel like she got more of the spotlight, but I feel like a lot more of the AEW women's division had more time and spotlight than Britt this year. Um, so that that was kind of why I leaned more toward Becky, but I get it. I get that Britt Baker is really just associated with the stick. She is somebody that you know you can count on to give you a good promo, give you good crowd control. She can... Uh, she knows how to get under your skin. She's doing it right now as people uh, see as they want to hear more from Jamie Hayter and she cuts them off. Like she knows exactly how to play that role. She's very good at it. So it didn't surprise me. She is somebody that people very much associate with the mic. She, she developed a reputation there already. So anytime you know that she's going to be cutting some sort of promo, you know to, to be waiting to expect something good. Mm-hmm. We've got Jake Salazar saying the Fed boys on you tonight for this one, Sean. You know who the Fed boys can be on? Over 100,000 votes in total for the Fightful Awards is who they can be on. Plop down your five bucks, vote or die. Chris Raines says DMD and spent a good chunk of change doing that. I greatly appreciate you. Jambeard says both Will and Sean are wrong. The true show that got snubbed was the NXT pun show karaoke impression show. With Alex and Kate. Well, Alex ain't a wrestler. Even though Jake Salazar says he's out here being scripts and having to do a, a review show immediately after. Only people that actually watch that show will have any clue what we're talking about. F Stardust says hoping Jeff Hardy wins most improved in 2023. Uh, I don't know if that's a shot or a legitimate thing, but... Either way, we're wishing the best for Jeff Hardy, sending our love to him, absolutely. Uh, but women's best on promos, we go right to men's best on promos. Who are your leading candidates here, Will? When when I say men's best on promo, who are the first, I want to say, two, three names that stick out in your brain? Uh, MJF, for sure. Um, CM Punk. Yes. 
Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, I think, are... And it's interesting because, God, Roman Reigns was not known as a promo guy. And uh, it is... You know, he's one of those guys that I would definitely say I look forward to as a promo these days. And, you know, I was just talking on Day After Dynamite about this earlier, about how, you know, declaring somebody sucks isn't a death sentence, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, there is, we have tangible proof that you can bounce back and break any reputation. But right now, just thinking about it, like, uh, if I had to choose, I would say... Roman. He makes the most of every word that he says. And it's so funny because we, we say he didn't used to be a great promo. I think that after the this is my yard now, they started to realize, okay, I think less is more with this guy. And they yeah. were like, let's limit what he's saying because if he's out here cutting a promo and whining for 15, 20 minutes, well, that's not very conducive of a baby face. But anybody that saw his rare FCW promos where he's where the interviewer's like, you showed up late. And he goes, what, did you have to be at the dollar store or something? Like, what? what's the big deal? Like, you saw that he had that in him. Denise, another big one, obviously, MJF. Now, a lot of people say that he goes after low-hanging fruit, all that good stuff. Guarantee you, a lot of those people, I don't like to generalize, are going to be giggling and laughing if The Rock comes back and calls Roman the tribal queef or something <laughs> on Raw. We know it's happening. Where do you stand on MJF? Do you think he's low-hanging fruit? Do you think he's good? Or do you think there's a good mixture in between? I think people exaggerate when they pretend to be offended or insulted by some of the things that MJF says. I have loved all his promos. I find them all freaking hilarious. And the number one thing that I have said about MJF and why I like his promos so much, especially the ones that he did with Sam Punk, William Regal, and there's so many, right? But I like that he tells, he works you into a story. He's not just going out there and yelling words. He builds up, and that has always been one of my favorite things. I mean, I was there for that pipe bomb that he did in uh, the first L.A. Dynamite show that they did, and I still remember, like, the electricity in the room, and I've been going to wrestling events all my life, and for this to be, like, one of the craziest moments in terms of, like, moments in general, but also moments in terms of a promo where the crowd got so crazy like that in terms of reacting, it was nuts. And I just think that MJF definitely, to me, hands down, he's he's my pick in this category. But if not, it's also CM Punk because I thought that the stuff that he did was phenomenal. I mean, just a lot of good back and forth there. Sometimes you don't know if what CM Punk is saying is a promo or if he's just mad. And I like it. Like, I mean, I don't like what he did before Brawl Out. I think that was very, I, I didn't feel like that was a very good thing to do. But The gripe bomb. The gripe bomb, yeah. Objectively, he's one of my favorite performers to watch. And with MJF, the way that I've always put it with him is, if, he, if you just exist or he's annoyed by you, it's going to be, LOL, your mom, you're dumb. But if he hates you, he's going to be like, Hey, remember when your dad left you? And by the way, you're the reason your dad left you and that your mom's miserable. And by the way, I'm going to go bang your mom and beat you in a wrestling match after that. Have fun. Like, it, it, it goes a little bit deeper. Well, exactly. We've got a two for one here. The Fightful Award winner for Best Men's Promos goes to Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. 
He defeats the likes of Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, John Moxley, and Kevin Owens with a sound 61% of the Fightful Select reader vote. MJF also takes the best individual promo of the year for his scathing remarks on Tony Khan and AEW at the Kia Forum this past June with 45% of that vote, a promo so savage it's been wiped off the face of the earth. I completely wiped off the face of the earth. You can't find that promo anywhere. And if you post it anywhere, your channel gets flagged. Like, you, it's gone. Gone. Well, you know, I would have loved for MJF to have accepted. Hey, what's going on? Uh, apparently, I won, like, way more awards. This is very shocking to me. Um, this one's for uh, Fightful. Um, and apparently, I won uh, Best Promo. Uh, best individual promo and feud of the year and also uh, plane ticket of the year. So thanks for that one, Sean. Piper, do you have anything to say? All right. Good talk. Suck my dick. Nobody cares. Bye. Um, Maxwell Jacob. That, right? And he spoiled the feud of the year winner. Too, by the way, so uh, while we're here, the winner in the feud of the year category is CM Punk versus MJF, taking 54%. CM Punk and MJF had their only two matches in 2022, trading victories in front of CM Punk's hometown Chicago crowd, followed by a dog collar match in Orlando at Revolution. I I don't have any respect for people who spoil things. I think it's a terrible thing to do in life. It's a terrible thing to do for for anything, but especially an awards show. Um, MJF won best individual promo, Denise, for the promo that you specifically mentioned. He won men's best on promos, and uh, I guess he gave himself an, an award for best plane ticket, which... He's yet to come out to confirm or deny. He refuses to. I can confirm it. You two can confirm it, too. You guys saw it. Uh, But best feud of the year with CM Punk. Denise, we we talked about the promos. And also, I think it was important to mention, Eddie Kingston cuts a hell of a promo. But I I feel like he wasn't prominently featured enough to probably get there. Uh, Denise, feud of the year, CM Punk and MJF, even though, uh, you know, we probably could have gotten a lot more of that. It still took the win. Look, man, MJF and CM Punk had absolutely everything that you can ask for. They were the they were the toast on butter. They were the pepperoni pizza. They were everything to me. Um, I loved how this became so they drew in so many of these uh, realistic elements and incorporated into the storytelling in terms of like the things that they were saying, the words that they were exchanging with one another and all of their back and forths that they did that all culminated in this very, very like brutal match that had so much blood and violence and all of this. I mean, I don't know how else to say this, but I'm so happy that it won because it had everything that I can ask for um, when it comes to a feud, when it comes to a story with between a guy that, you know, is literally done so much in the business. And then MJF, who's literally just skyrocketing at this point. So it was kind of like this clash of 
freaking awesomeness. I don't know what else to say. I love it. I'm so happy it won. Will, I saw a comment in the chat that said, I don't know if two matches can qualify as a feud. And I say, why the hell not? You don't have to build it by having the same match every week on TV. I thought they did great. And I mean, it extended further than than 2022 even. I mean, they got started probably a month or two into... Uh, or, it was or, the night after Full Gear 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, they they really kept this going, and they they grabbed this year for themselves. And the thing about MJF is there's so much time between his matches, Will, that people always forget that he is a very good wrestler and is capable of this. Uh, MJF and Punk Feud of the Year, what do you think? Uh, first off, I have a question. Denise, did you say toast on butter? Or butter she on does, toast? I'm sorry. She, she goes I full Yogi Berra. I, I love it. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on my head, okay? You know? You ever put the toast on the butter? Haven't you ever gotten, like, a tub of butter and just gotten a piece of bread and just, like, done this? No! Well, no. I have. Sorry, no, you guys leave... aren't living your best lives. You'll leave crumbs in there. Stuff will mold. It's not... I'm, like, the only person... Like, I'm the only person who goes in and uses the butter. So it's just me. If I want to pour my bread in there, who cares? Pour your bread? Not pour, pour it. Your you know bread. what I mean? Like, what? rub it on the top, man. What are you, melting your bread? How do you even do that? Uh, Look, leave my bread eating alone. Also, Justin <laughs> Thomas says that Reigns got robbed. Jambeard says it was three matches since MJF won in one night. But, uh, Will, how are you feeling about MJF yeah. taking home these awards? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I do think that ultimately there's... And look, guys, you know these all this stuff is pre-recorded. It has our voices on it. Obviously, we know what was happening here. But yeah. uh, so I'm well aware that MJF, like he's one I of those guys. Boo you will boo you <laughs> for breaking the fourth wall. Look, you have <laughs> to know how. Is, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> yes, Denise just magically transports her voice. No, but uh, so thinking about MJF though, as a performer, as a uh, as a mic guy. Obviously, there's really not a whole lot that, or there's really nobody else that people associate with the microphone like MJF to the point of where guy barely wrestles, right? He had like eight matches last year. Uh, the, and that's just a part of who MJF is. You know, you're going to get the best out of him. You know, he knows how to work a crowd. You know, all of that. It's almost, uh, it's almost completely not surprising. But I think on the feud side of things, when you got to see MJF get personal with somebody, and that was something that we had only really gotten to scratch the surface with with Cody. But we got to see that there were layers to MJF in this feud. We got to see, the, um, you know, he talked about being picked on for being Jewish and uh, and all of that stuff. And then turns out he was actually just using that to get to, to CM Punk. And he was using a lot of CM Punk stuff against him, the stuff from Ring of Honor, all of that. Again, we got to see a lot more of MJF in this rivalry. And I think that uh, I don't even think he would be worthy of being a world champion had it not been for this. I think this elevated MJF in such a way that made us feel like he could hang as a main eventer. We knew he had it in the ring. He had had matches with Jungle Boy. He had had matches with Darby Allen. He had had matches that had delivered already. We knew that guy had it in the ring. And it's not that we didn't know he had it on the mic. We knew he knew how to get heat. But to know that there were layers to him, I think CM Punk brought that out of him. And there's no question to me this was feud of the year. There's nothing else I could have picked. And what I love is that he and Punk, in their own subtle little ways, 
they they ain't talking to each other. Punk ain't talking to a lot of people in AEW. But they're keeping it going in a way that makes you think, do they really dislike each other? Like Punk making the little Instagram comment. And MJF using Punk's lines while he's gone. Using a lot of the things that he said before. I mean, honestly, you know, I know people keep saying uh, if Punk returns, I want to see him, you know, tied up with the elite because that's the story that we know off screen. But honestly, this story ain't done on screen. The last time we saw CM Punk, he was holding the title up with MJF standing on top of the stage with a devil mask. I still want to see a resolution to that. Our next awards brought to you by our friends at Seven Strong Brand. As I mentioned, Christmas tree cakes? How can you go wrong? If your clothing set, clothing section is feeling a little weak, strengthen that closet with button downs with four-way stretch of a cotton poly blend. They've got hidden collar buttons, true-to-fit styles that'll get you a standing ovation in any occasion. Happy hours to baby showers, the fight or date night, backyard or going yard. They got matching adult and youth styles, women's tees, unisex tees, hats, and hoodies. No matter the day of the week, Seven Strong has you covered as an apparel company that's every day for everyone. Follow them on Twitter at Seven Strong Brand. And of course, go to seven strong.com. They have great, fun designs over there. The fabric is fantastic. Like, I wish you guys could see up close. This is so comfortable. And they all look great, too. Seven Strong Brand. We thank them for being a major presenting sponsor. And again, check out the info in the description below as they present our next awards. And one of my favorite things about these awards, guys, is the parody we've got here. We've got WWE. We've got AEW. We've got the Indies. AEW's been cleaning house the last few, so let's see what we got next. Adrenaline. In my soul, both of these awards for Cody Rhodes. In one of the most shocking news stories of 2022, Cody Rhodes' return to WWE at WrestleMania was so monumental, it took two awards. It wins Moment of the Year with 50% of the vote over a very large field, and also takes Return slash Debut of the Year with 59% of the vote, soundly defeating its closest competition in the returns of both MJF and Bray Wyatt. Will, this is uh, one of those rare instances where, again, this will likely be condensed next year, and I think that this winning both awards is a good example of why we will likely combine this into just an overall moment of the year. But Cody Rhodes was a guy that was very polarizing. In fact, when I first got the news story of Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, somebody was telling me, they're like, oh, shit's about to hit the fan. And I said, is it good news or is it bad news? And the person, actually two or three people said, depends on who you ask. And I just remember me and John Alba simultaneously went, it's about Cody Rhodes. It's got to be about Cody Rhodes. He was so polarizing. That isn't the case anymore, Will. No, it's not the case anymore at all. Um, And it's interesting that, you know, I once had a boss that used to tell the same jokes over and over and over. And one time I responded to a joke and went, boo. Because he just, all the same. And his response to me was, you know, maybe I don't need new jokes. Maybe I just need a new audience. And uh, I think about that line all the time, right? Because 
that's kind of what Cody Rhodes did, where it wasn't so much that he needed to change any of the material. It was, I just need to do it for somebody else. Buddy, when Warner, uh, Warner went to him, Time Warner or Warner Brothers were like, how can we keep you? And he said, it's just time to leave the territory, is what we reported on FIFA Select. Well, I don't think you could be more right there. That's exactly what he thought. Yeah, <laughs> and... uh this was huge, right? I was in Atlanta when I heard about this. And, of course, everybody around there had various ties to Cody in some way, shape, or form. And so it was just kind of a very mind-blowing thing. And I remember everybody was saying the same thing, um, which was, oh, you know, negotiation tactic – no way he actually leaves. There's no way he's jumping ship. This is a company he helped found. No way. Um, to which I always say, guys, there's always smoke to the fire of free agency. But Cody Rhodes, a free agent as TNT champion, that was already monumental enough. Uh, and, you know, even Cody himself was saying in that last promo where he name dropped you, Sean, he was saying, you know, there's nothing I want to do more than be out there in front of those fans under those lights. And then he was gone and never came back. <laughs> and it was like, there was all this speculation for months. I remember talking to Andrew Zarian about it. And, you know, the, the question was, how is he going to come back? Are we going to do smoke and mirrors again? Is he going to be stardust? What are they doing? And I had said to Andrew, I don't think Vince McMahon paid to have stardust back. I don't think Vince McMahon went out of his way to get Smoke and Mirrors back. I think Vince McMahon paid for the American Nightmare. I think that, you know, th that is the shot to be able to not only take an act, but take him full, like, guys, he didn't just take the music and the hair. Literally, Cody's gear that he wore at WrestleMania the was done by Sandra. Yeah, but, but I mean... That gear he was wearing was made by Sandra Gray. Like, literally, he's wearing the AEW gear he debuted on television. Like, he took the entirety of the act, the music, the logo, all of that. That's something you rarely ever see. Cody Rhodes came fully intact. And, well, I, I even posted it. I've had people dunking on this tweet, too. They're like, oh, is this you? Because I was like, I don't see how Cody can exist inside of the WWE universe because there's so much about Cody that's very not WWE. And you know what Vince did? He brought over Cody as just Cody. And he felt, and it ended up making Cody feel refreshing because all of a sudden, here's a guy who just talks to you like you're a human being, who just talks to the crowd like they're intelligent, that they understand things, and nobody else on the roster was doing that. Literally ask them what they want to talk about, for the love of God. <laughs> Uh, Denise, this was Cody leaving AEW and headed towards WWE. That was very fun for me to cover. Those were fun stories to break. And to me, it was, it was, there's a distinct turning point after WrestleMania. Like once Cody showed up, I was like, okay, this is cool. But then when you got Vince wrestling, I was like, eh, you got the Vince scandal that sucked. Brawl out sucked to cover. The MJF thing sucked to cover. Sasha and Naomi really sucked to cover. There was a lot of things that weren't fun. This was fun. This felt like competition. This felt special. And to Will's point, Denise, I feel like it was very important that WWE show people in AEW, 
hey, if you come over here, we're going to do right by you. And that's before a regime change where you would actually believe them, too. Uh, how are you on this? Because I know there are going to be some Bray Wyatt fans that are a little pissy in their pants over this. But okay. I feel toss I feel to me, toss to me the Bray Wyatt hand, handling situation. But I do want <laughs> to take are. a second here and there talk are. about, um, you know, the, the thing that I mentioned earlier was a lot of these big news stories that happened really changed a lot of what was going on um, with the landscape of wrestling at the time and even moving forward. And the big thing with Cody Rhodes jumping ship to WWE was that it changed the perception of things because before that, we were just seeing it go one way. It was just WWE to AEW. And for it to be Cody Rhodes, uh, it just meant a lot more. And I remember like that day, even leading up to the moment, being in the uh, venue for WrestleMania and everybody like it was one of those things where you knew it was going to be Cody but at the same time you were like man like whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we, like you don't really know until it actually happens right and I remember that reaction and now here's the thing I was in the press box and for the most part like you know the press is more you know you know we're not going to be hollering and screaming like if you are in the um you know, in the crowd, right? Yeah. But when Cody Rhodes came out, it was this reaction from everybody where it was like, oh my God, it really is him. Even though the speculation at this point was so high. I mean, we all pretty much knew it, but it still garnered such a massive reaction. And even then, I remember how surreal it was that I was sitting there listening to Cody Rhodes's press conference talking about this. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, like I'm so used to it being the other direction where I'm sitting there in an AEW press conference, listening to these people talk about it, where this time I'm sitting here with a former AEW person um, talking about and even acknowledging and talking about why he left AEW. And I was just sitting there like with all these thoughts going on in my head. And it really uh, just kind of goes to show a little bit of how fast things move in the wrestling world. It's like one second you think this is happening. No, the next thing this is happening. And I think it just handed WWE a silver platter with Cody Rhodes. And I mean, there's still so much more that we could get into the Hell in a Cell stuff. Uh, everything that he did with Seth Rollins, but we're going to pick it up, was up there. again. You that know? was absolutely up there. The, the, the reveal, I thought the, the injury reveal might get moment of the year. And I also thought that Bray Wyatt probably could have won. Honestly, Bray Wyatt could have won either one of those two, but I feel like his usage or lack thereof that followed probably hurt a little bit. Like if they came in and set the world on fire, like there was a lot of excitement for the LA night feud and now we're just like, all right, what are they going to do? They're going to turn off the lights and do some neon stuff. What's going on here? We're back to the goofy lighting. Uh, I, I feel like specifically Cody Rhodes did the right thing for his career. And I there was a lot of unresolved stuff in AEW I still wanted to see. I thought him and the Elite would have been nothing but money. I felt like there was a way to go back to, to MJF as well, but... I think that he earned this. Although Jake Salazar says Jeff Jarrett robbed again. Jeff Jarrett, I think, has been good in AEW. I've really enjoyed him. Yeah. Jambeard says only person I can think of other than Cody that came uh, from one major company to the other and kept everything was Ric Flair. I'm sure there are others. Absolutely. I mean, and Ric Flair didn't take the music. No. No. Uh, Chris Rant, he took the belt, though. Yeah. Uh, Chris <laughs> Rain says, I do hope we get to see MJF and CM Punk continue. 
reminder, guys, we are simulcasting on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Make sure you subscribe over there and subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Best $5 in the business. We talked about the regime change. I'm working on Inside the Royal Rumble 3, which is a collection of Royal Rumble stories. This year's is just about how messy last year's was. In front of the screen, behind the scenes, it was a nightmare. Fightful Select subscribers will get that early. It'll be out next week for everyone else. Plus, you get exclusive news and over 30 shows a month. Jake says that Denise needs to be on a watch list for pouring her bread. <laughs> watch. Someone's going to try it. They're going to have a great time. Man, I'll tell you who will be watching you. Everybody. When you go to OnePunchFits.com. If you're an anime fan, check out OnePunchFits.com. The source for anime clothing and accessories. The collections include embroidery hoodies, crew necks, t-shirts, shoes, phone cases, and more from popular shows like Attack on Titan, Naruto, and Demon Slayer. All items are made to order in the U.S. with fast worldwide shipping. So if you're looking for anime clothing for yourself or as a gift, check out One Punch Fits and use the code FIGHTFUL10 for an extra 10% off site-wide. Find your anime fit at OnePunchFits.com. Remember that code FIGHTFUL10 for an extra 10% off site-wide. There's a huge anime wrestling crossover as i see every time i get quote tweeted about anything in my life so go to onepunchfits.com and use that promo code fightful10 but we've got a couple of or a few awards that i'm very excited for because some of them are our staples of wrestling awards but some of them aren't and one of them is gear of the year that we don't see covered heavily. Now, we've got our friend Cher Delaware, who does st the Strong Style podcast, which I love. Uh, Denise, you're on red carpets all the time. You see fashion all the time. I love how much gear is discussed whenever there's a big wrestling event, especially when it comes to uh, a lot of the women that, that always go above and beyond for their pay-per-view gear. Whose gear stood out to you, and were there any individual ones that you looked at and you're like, ooh, they, they, they could take it home for them? There's actually multiple here because, you know, being, you know, part of getting over, it's not just, you know, uh, your, your in-ring stuff, obviously your promos and everything, but it's also how you present yourself and how you present yourself is a lot to do with how you dress, how you, you know, how you exude your energy. And you're going to tell that through your personality and you're going to tell that through your fashion. And so there was a lot of people that I think really nailed it on the head. I want to make sure to shout out uh, Seth Rollins, I think is one of them oh, who's yeah. really leveled up in terms of his presentation with the big coats and the different materials, those lace tights that he was using. Uh, he's been trying so many different things. Same thing with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch has been doing like so many cool stuff along those lines. Uh, I've always loved what Alexa Bliss brings out. I feel like there's a lot of people, Ricky Starks, like Ricky Starks more with the fashion, um, more on the fashion side of it, but I feel like that also, like the way that you dress for your promos is also something that should be, you know, kind of mentioned a little bit. But those are definitely some of the people that have uh, stuck out to me. Matt Cardona always has great gear. I, I think that it's worth pointing out CM Punk's ROH gear had a lot of people talking. But Sasha Banks, Sailor Moon, that Thunder one. Thunder Rosa when she did the big thing, like the, this thing. Yeah. 
Thunder Rosa constantly kills it. Jade Cargill is another one that kills it because, well, she looks like a real-life superhero. She looks like the superheroes are cosplaying as her. Yeah, so Jade Cargill was who I wanted to mention because I feel like she goes out and makes sure that whatever she does attire wise is is gonna turn some heads you know she did the uh the jade for mortal kombat gear at revolution she did uh what it all out she was she hulk at um which i thought was kind of a clash because i thought oh warner brothers discovery property with disney on it oh that's probably gonna piss off some people um but then you also have uh she did chitara at full gear and also Look, Jade Cargill had that money bodysuit. Come on. Like, at this point, Jade Cargill is the conversation when it comes to in-ring attire. Like, she just is. And uh, I don't think anybody does it better. Let's see who emerged as our winner. Jade Cargill takes best gear for her look as Mortal Kombat's Jade at AEW Revolution with 32% of the vote, defeating Seth Rollins for his Dusty Rhodes polka dots and Sasha Banks as Sailor Moon. Look, I voted for like my three Fightful Select accounts just to make sure that this one got the victory. (laughs) CM Punk was leading for a good while. Like for the most part, Will, the people who are emerged early they pretty much stayed ahead that didn't happen with cm punk and jade cargill uh cm punk was leading for like i want to say like most of of the opening day and then jade cargill just emerged and ended up winning and i think deservedly so like all due respect to cm punk's basketball shorts that he wore (laughs) but this is a little bit different i will say i will say and i'm not gonna say who I did have another woman in wrestling who asked who won that award. I was a little salty about it and was like, you could buy that at Walmart. And I was like, oh, shit. And I, I, I didn't agree. I did not agree. I think that Jade Cargill, you can't, you can't look like that from Walmart. Hey, no, if that's cannot. the case, I'm going to get my ass to Walmart right <laughs> exactly. now. Because I want to look like that. And no, I don't actually have three Fightful Select accounts. You should. You really should. <laughs> Uh, what does three get me that one doesn't get me? By the way, guys, <laughs> steal your parents' credit cards and subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, Andrew Tam says, hi, Denise. I know you're attending the Royal Rumble. Do you know if there's a press conference after the Rumble with winners, interviews with Fightful? I'm going to. Yes, there is. Uh, WDB yeah, stressed I'm to Sean, me. The question was addressed to me. You can't even let me answer. Rude. <laughs> Do you know yes. who's sponsoring the podcast or the, the press conference? No, go ahead. Get the uh, Mountain Dew Sean. Code Black or whatever it is. They, they made sure to mention that to me. Pitch Black sponsoring that too. So I guess we'll have the lights out. But Denise and I are actually, we're going to both be at the, the press conference. And then we are immediately darting over to wherever we're doing our post show. So the Royal Rumble post show will be a little delayed for the Royal Rumble. But uh, I know a lot of you are at the show and you like to get home and watch it. So we will be doing a post show almost immediately afterwards. Uh, Justin Thomas's Bianca Belair got robbed heavy. I mean, I, I think that that's worth mentioning too. Bianca makes her gear. Yes. She does it herself. And I, I completely uh, agree. Like a lot of people are going to say Bianca Belair. And I was going to mention her too, but then I ran out of time. <laughs> uh, that's, but I mean, there, there are a lot of good candidates there. But she makes her own gear. True. I can't uh, Denise, do that. We Denise, can't do that. 
you've done a little bit of commentary over the past year. Our next category is announcer of the year, which I think is immediately going to get more crowded because Vince McMahon got the hell out of there, at least on the headset. So that allows for, you know, a lot more, a lot more entertainment on the WWE side of things. Meanwhile, Pat McAfee, who you would think might run away with it, had to hit the bricks midway through the year. Like he was, he was like a renowned announcer. Uh, Michael Cole has had a reemergence. Corey Graves is able to have a little bit more freedom. You have Excalibur and Taz and Tony Schiavone. There are so many options. Ian Riccoboni is calling matches for everybody and doing it at such an extremely high level. Who who's your your candidate? Who's your pick for announcer of the year? Dude, you mentioned so many good people and everybody's doing something a little bit different and adding something very unique. But I'm going to go ahead and shout out my favorite for the year was Pat McAfee because I really thought that he brought something different than any other commentator. I thought he brought something that was very fun. He lightened the mood even when Vince was there. And he just brought so much life and energy and so many jokes. And it was such a good time to listen to him call the matches because he did it differently from other people. I also want to shout out Taz. I think Taz has done a phenomenal job on commentary. He's been one of my favorite people to listen to him call matches because I love Love, love, love the way that he explains things and the way that he breaks down uh, whatever it is that's going on in the ring. So those are the two that I specifically want to shout out. Will. Uh, I, so a couple I want to give shout outs to. I think Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman have been just an incredible duo on those Ring of Honor pay-per-views. And just getting to call Ring of Honor matches in general, it's always a delight when I get to see the two of them do this together because uh, they care so much about the history of Ring of Honor that uh, I just feel like, you know, I I watch these pay-per-views with my son. I watch everything of wrestling with my son. And obviously he doesn't have a huge history with Ring of Honor, kids eight. But the 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 way that those two are able to catch him up on the history of Ring of Honor through their commentary to make sure that he knows why something is important. My God, it's the, those two are so good at what they do. And then also on the uh, indie side of things, also, I think, look, somebody's got to give Veda Scott a contract because she's incredible. She, she's incredible at what she does on the commentary side. And uh, again, she just brings so much knowledge to the table, but also um, she brings something rare in that she brings experience to the table, which is something that we don't see a lot of on the female side of commentary. My pick would also be Ian Riccoboni. Um, I, I just think that his versatility from calling stuff in and outside of AEW, Ring of Honor, uh, even some New Japan stuff, some Impact stuff here and there as well, that, that ran away with it. And that's for a guy who's not on TV weekly, but let's see who won. Announcer of the year is AEW's Excalibur. The man in the mask took 46% of the vote, edging out SmackDown's Pat McAfee for his calls during AEW's Dynamite Rampage and pay-per-view broadcast. I will say this. Uh, Excalibur calling Bandito's matches is really, really great because he can add the, the, the insight of working under a mask 
that that has helped out an awful lot lately. Excalibur is one guy when you see it, you're like, can't really argue that. Can't argue that if the fans said that. But uh, I really I thought that Pat McAfee might still run away with it, and he got a good amount of the votes. Will did this surprise you at all? No, it didn't surprise me at all. Um, but I'm also like not a Pat McAfee guy, uh, and yeah. so there's there's that side of things. But also just uh, I think. Excalibur kind of brings a lot of what I talked about before with with Ian and Caprice in that um, Excalibur does a really good job just explaining things to the audience, getting it to the audience, and he he talks from the perspective of somebody who loves professional wrestling. Our next award is Rookie of the Year, and to me, it is largely a two-horse race. It's Hook or Braun Breaker. Personally, I'd probably go with Braun Breaker. Uh, I, like he's one of those guys that he's had matches on a, a, a higher level, I would say, than than Hook, because Hook has had shorter matches. A lot of times they're taped. Braun Breaker has been thrust into the world title picture on his brand to main event pay per views. Otherwise, I look at this and I go, man, if we're talking about from a purely over standpoint, I would have to go with Hook. And I know a lot of people are like, well, Hook is never on TV. There was a difference of two matches on TV between those two. It's just, you know, not not as many people watch Dark as NXT, so it's not as visible. Denise, this two-horse race, who would you pick? And, and somebody's saying, Braun is not a rookie. Yes, he is by our standards. It was uh, June 2021 or June 2022 or later for his uh, debut. You had it right the first time. Was it? It's, yeah, 2021. My bad. It's definitely it's been for a me, long two years. My pick is definitely Braun Breaker here. I think that um, he, like, I agree with everything that you said. I would say that he's had different matches at a higher caliber, and so that's the reason I would go with Braun Breaker. Will, uh, why do you think that Tyrus didn't get any votes here? <laughs> uh, probably. Oh, I found out he's wrestled for oh, 20 years, they say. Oh, he's yes. not a rookie. Sorry, uh, it could have fooled me. <laughs> Look, Bro, Tyrus all right. is going to come after all of us, man. <laughs> I don't know, do his knees work? But anyway, uh, so the uh, the thing about Braun Breaker and what kind of set him back for me is that um, I think you can't really say that he's performed matches at a higher level in a sense. You may say he's performed um, higher caliber of matches, but when I think about um the atmosphere and the setting i one thing that set braun breaker back for me this year was that braun uh he you know he performs in nxt at the performance center and that's a very small audience you've been in that audience denise like it's comparatively it's it's small and there is a big difference between working a room and working an arena and i feel like Braun's first time thrust on Raw this year um, kind of showed that there's still a little bit of work to do as far as uh, becoming a bigger presence. And uh, it was actually surprising to me. I, I thought once he was thrust on Raw, it was going to feel like, oh, this guy's ready. But meanwhile, I've been in some arenas where Hook literally just like gives a smolder and I hear screams from all around me. And I recognize that he he does have this ability at doing a lot with nothing like he's doing very little here but man are the people into it it's to me it's hook 
Yeah, see, I, I, I disagree with you, Will, because you're mentioning him going out there and not doing like much and getting over, right? But then here's the thing, like I get it, like hook in terms of like what you were saying with the bigger audience and connecting with this person. But when I think about the matches and the matches qualities, to me, that kind of stands out a little bit more because you're talking about Braun Breaker, who had a phenomenal match with uh, J.D. McDonough and Ilya Dragunov. You know, that was an incredible matchup there. The stuff that he did with Apollo Crews, that was good stuff there, too. And some of the other matches that he's had. So for that reason, I feel like it has to be Braun Breaker because of those matches that he did. And I can't like I can't really say the same thing for Hook as we haven't get, been able to see him have those kinds of matches. His matches have been, uh, you know, different. They've been different. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, but when Hook does show what he's got, he's got it. Like when he was yeah. in there with Lee Moriarty, I mean, talk about like two technical guys. Like all of a sudden, you know, we know Lee Moriarty is a technical marvel, but when Hook locked it up with him, all of a sudden I'm seeing Hook show a lot of competency in the ring like that. And I don't know, just something about Hook is... It, it, that and he's got better hair, so like at this point, that's it's, also true. Well, I can't argue yeah. that. Well, it, I'll tell you what, he's he's better on media interviews, just because <laughs> I've never heard him do one. Um, but also, I think there is something to be said about Braun Breaker is carrying a show. He's carrying a show on his back. He's went to Raw and he's done those. He's doing ten to fifteen minute matches. Uh, Hook is not doing those things. I mean, the Moriarty match was. I thought that was good. It's hard to get lost in a Lee Moriarty match because Lee Moriarty is going to make sure everything's okay. So I, I would love to see him in a longer match against talent that's almost on an equal experience footing. But the guy is so undeniably over. Go ahead. Sorry, what were you saying? I thought about something, though. You called this a two-horse race, but I feel like we're kind of selling one person short, and that's Logan Paul. And that... he, debuted, he debuted before that. What, in a match? Yeah, before June of 2021. Yeah, wasn't that the the Miz? Didn't he have the the? Or no, no, no. He he did something before that. He just oh. appeared at WrestleMania, but his yeah. first match was sure. In... Okay, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, he didn't win first off. Well, but... my yes. God. well, if we're picking between Hook, Braun Breaker, and Logan Paul, then I'm switching my answer over to Logan Paul. <laughs> really? So I mean, you can say that Logan Paul, Logan Paul, compete competed at. Damn near the highest level you can, a stadium show for the world title. Um, Against but Roman also, Reigns, like, come on. But also, huge. he's around so little that I understand why people probably didn't vote him in. So, just saying. But yeah, let's go. I feel like now I changed my answer. Let's see who did win. Send Hook to collect his 2023 Rookie of the Year Award for the Fightful Awards. With just 16 matches under his belt in 2022, Hook was able to captivate audiences with very few words, but a whole lot of votes, winning 56% and soundly defeating his closest competition in Braun Breaker and Logan Paul. Jambeard says Hook should win this hands down. It's not a horse race. Got to throw Solo into this mix for rookies. Solo is not a rookie. He's been wrestling for about four or five years. So uh, that, that wasn't the case. And when you're a rookie and you're thrust onto national TV, global TV, that's, that's saying something. Jake Salazar wants justice for Pat McAfee. And Kate is sending a super chat from one of Will's three YouTube handles. 
But rookie of the year, I'm excited to see who emerges this year because who knows how that process will go. Uh, AEW's got a much more crowded roster. Uh, NXT trying new things. I'm excited to see how it goes. Jake says that Jeff Jarrett was robbed again. Just (laughs) keep it going. And Chris Rain says, the electricity when Hook walks to the ring is amazing. I can speak to that. I've not been a part of a crowd when Braun Breaker walks out to feel that. But I've seen Hook get those reactions, and those are undeniable. Finishing move of the year is our next category, and I'm very excited for this because I just love moves, Will. I just love moves. Well, good. Then you should love the KOD because that was my finisher of the year. I uh, And look, this is coming from somebody who plays a lot of 2K22. Yeah. And I win a lot of matches with Bianca Belair. That is such a kick-ass move. And the way she's been able to hit it this year on... uh, on so many different opponents and in so many different creative new ways. I mean, you know, I hate that Bailey took so many losses in that feud, but also she took some kick-ass KODs. So how can I really complain? Uh, I I think the KOD right now is the best finisher in professional wrestling. Uh, I think putting Tyrus on the roster to finish NWA was has got to be pretty... <laughs> Pretty far up there. Denise, what's your pick? You know what? I'm just tired of hearing Tyrus's name over and over on this podcast. I've hit my max capacity. Um, but for me, it's the Buckshot Lariat. I love it. It's exciting. I love I love it. If there's one thing we learned about the Buckshot Lariat this year, it is it is absolutely who delivers it. It is absolutely who I delivers it. I knew you were it. going there. I knew it. I mean, listen, like it, a lot of people look at it and they're like, you know what? I'm kind of acrobatic. I can do that. Hangman Page showed that, no, it ain't that easy. It is not that easy at all. Uh, I mean, we've seen some some moves that are kind of like reemerging. Like we're seeing basic pile drivers. Like I love Deanna using a gotch-style pile, pile driver. I'll always love that. Uh, I love seeing moves that y- you know it's done. In previous years, I feel like end of days would always be in the discussion just because it was so protected. This is the first year somebody kicked out of the end of days. I don't see anybody mentioning it at all. Let's see who won. Hangman Adam Page's Buckshot Lariat was your favorite finisher of the year. The move that defeated Adam Cole and Brian Danielson in 2022 won with 32% of the vote and even found itself in the main event of the WWE event. That also goes a long way. I see people saying Omega, well, when you're around for like a couple weeks of the year, you probably aren't going to win that award, Will. Didn't it only finish one match? In, uh, I guess two, the one on Dark. But uh, for the most part, it only finished two matches. Yeah, this is this is one that uh, I am I'm excited to see the discourse for because tradi- like when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, a lariat. I remember the first time I saw the Rainmaker, I was like. It's, it's a short arm lariat. What are we doing here? And then I started to watch New Japan and I was like, no, it's not just a short arm lariat. It is an absolute killer. And that's what I want. I want moves that are absolute killers. I want moves that will absolutely finish people. And that's what I like. Like one of my ideas to reestablish a DDT is to do vignettes of like Jake Roberts, who is still under AEW contract, like with somebody. You don't even see who it is. 
And he says, everybody does a DDT, but do you want to know why mine always finish people? Nobody knows, but I'm going to tell you. And then that person gets the DDT and it just obliterates people. Like there are ways to pass that down. The way I've always said it is a head kick from me or you isn't necessarily a finisher, but a head kick from Mirko Krokop is a finisher. A lot of times it's who delivers it well. And Hangman delivered the buckshot lariat pretty well. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. At some point, they could probably do that same idea with, like, Shawn Michaels. Like, hey, you see a million guys deliver super kicks, but you want to know why mine finishes people? And then I'll and show then you. closed door, yeah. The diamond cutter, there's so many of them uh, that could be the, the spine buster. They've got a whole lot of people there that, that could make that work. So I think that would be uh, a, a pretty cool way to go. But Hangman Page, you know it's finishing somebody when it happens. You know it is. Uh, I, I'm very excited to see what people say about that one. AJ Lamb says, toast on Butter Jones over here. <laughs> Jake Salazar is very upset that the stroke has again been robbed. Well, oh, I thought he was talking about the guitar shot. Fair. Fair. Uh, that was that's, That is a good one. And boy, that, that, those retweets of the Molly Holly one from WCW from back of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, if you thought that Logan Paul got robbed for Rookie of the Year, you're in luck because he won a couple other awards. Logan Paul made his in-ring debut at WrestleMania 38 alongside The Miz versus Dominic and Rey Mysterio, and today he is the winner of both the Crossover Athlete of the Year with 71% of the vote and Celebrity Cameo of the Year with 53% of the vote. He also faced off against The Miz at SummerSlam. What likely tipped the scales, though, was his performance against Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at Crown Jewel. These are two more awards that will likely be combined in the future. I did crossover athlete of the year. Specifically, the topic was they had to have had a combat sports fight within the past two years and a wrestling match within the past two years. We had, you know, the ATT guys, Bobby Fish. There were some candidates there, but I don't think the field is going to be wide enough. However, Fightful started as a crossover sports website, MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. So I wanted to keep the spirit of that. So in the future, this will be combined. It'll be celebrity cameo, crossover athlete. Uh, I, I think that for these, visibility definitely helped here. But also, Logan Paul is just really, really good at wrestling, Denise. I mean, he feels like he belonged here the whole time. It's kind of crazy, man. Honestly, like, I can't believe that I've become a fan of his in WWE. I truly have. I'm a fan, man. I don't know what else to say. I enjoyed the match that he did with Roman Reigns. I enjoyed everything else that he did before. And it he brings a lot of good... He brings a lot of good stuff in terms I, lo I love his intensity. I love the energy. And when he tries something, I think he does very well at it. Will, I don't think that Logan Paul is off the hook. He's been dealing with some accusations! of late and he might have a finger pointed at him from rick ross rick ross i mean AEW was bringing the celebrities in non-stop you still had bad bunny in the royal rumble this year like this is one of the like celebrities popping up on wrestling is becoming very very common oh yeah um and honestly i think i voted for rick ross uh just because 
look, it, it was it was good. It made me laugh. Uh, but uh, I, I get why Logan Paul took the victory here. I get what the appeal is, and I get that. Uh, I get what's working for him as a professional wrestler. So, well, I'll tell Can't you who I I'll tell you who I voted for, and Ryan Ben's with me. Says Jackass got robbed. Rick Ross too. I don't know if I've had more fun watching a pro wrestling match with my friends than watching the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match. Uh, like uh, we had a, a big viewing party for me and my friends here. It was just a blast to watch that. And I just threw away every bit of like make it make sense possible. I'm like, I'm just going to have fun with this. And I had so much fun with it. That's what that match was supposed to be. It was like stupid fun and I loved it. Like every little thing that they came up with was so cool to see. Oh, I had a great time watching that one. That was the variety show aspect of WrestleMania where you have people over who don't watch wrestling any other day of the year and then they get to enjoy something that maybe is out of the norm. And I just, man, that that was important to me. And I'll tell you what else is important to me. You guys checking out our friends at red5comics.com, the Houston-based publisher producing cinematic-style comic book entertainment. Red 5 Comics is celebrating their 15th year in publishing this year. New titles this year will include the Zombies vs. Knights Horror, Dead Kingdom. You can find their titles at their local comic book stores everywhere and direct from them at red5comics.com. Make sure you guys check them out. Follow them on, on social media as well. That way you're staying up to date with it. I checked out some of their stuff. It looks beautiful. Again, that uh, cinematic style comic book entertainment, it looks really, really great. Check them out. Red5comics.com, who are presenting our next awards, which are the Tag Team Awards. Denise, you're a woman, so what's your favorite women's tag team of the year? <laughs> I was like waiting for the video to play. No, this is specifically okay, okay. this is okay, specifically what fine, Denise fine, told us she hated. I'm gonna go with Toxic Attraction. Okay, yeah. I thought they they stood out. They had a great time in NXT. I love. I, I'm looking forward to what they're gonna do in the future. So speaking for the women specifically, I'm gonna go with Toxic Attraction. The rib there is Denise specifically said that she hates that when she's given what? the women's assignments. You did when we did the voiceovers. You were like. Oh, you're gonna give me all the women's stuff, and then we'll absolutely. It always didn't happens that. to me. Everyone's like, "Oh, Denise, you can only talk about the women's stuff," and I'm like, "Okay, great, I'll be there. Okay, fine." Listen, I gotta stay loyal. I gotta go with my stooges, Diana and Chelsea, the people that everybody thinks feed me the news. Uh, Vexed, VXT, I love them. I'm so happy that they finally got a run. Will, I, I mean. If you say toxic attraction, I ain't going to be mad at you here. Every time I see JC Jane pop up on SmackDown, I'm like, why the hell isn't she here already? Yeah. Uh, I don't watch enough NXT to give it to toxic attraction. Okay. Um, but I have watched enough Impact this year to give it to VXT. And that, I think, is um, going to be my, my choice here. But I do get why one might say toxic attraction. I think that when you think about women's tag divisions... I don't think there is one on a higher level right now than, and this includes the main roster, but then NXT's women's tag division. I think that they really kind of showed the main roster how it's done all year, and the team that was at the forefront of that was indeed Toxic Attraction. And uh, I feel like it is important to note Sasha and Naomi 
had a brief year. They they were highly publicized, obviously, but had a brief year. Damage Control had a brief year as well. So I, I look at that and I go, okay, um, that, that probably took them down quite a little bit. But let's see who ended up getting the victory. Toxic Attraction wins your vote as Women's Tag Team of the Year with 46% of the vote. The pair of Gigi Dolan and JC Jane walked into 2022 as the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions and picked up a second reign after only three days without the gold, asserting their dominance over NXT's Women's Tag Team division. Hard to disagree uh, if people saw it that way, especially, again, I love the parody here. I love we're getting a good mix of WWE and AEW. I thought that if there was one that Impact could kind of take away, it's this. Instead, Impact ended up taking Indie Wrestlers of the Year because they didn't have either one of them under contract. Uh, <laughs> so go figure. Tag Team of the Year. Now, this is... Uh, this is, you know... Uh, a little bit somber considering the news of this week. Jay Briscoe obviously passed away this week and it is tragic and unfortunate. Um, I feel like the Briscoes, had they been on national TV every week, I feel like this would have probably been a, a really, really close vote. I don't, I don't think the Usos would have been able to, to keep up with the Briscoes for the reason that I had mentioned. The Usos lose on TV all the time, like all the time. And a lot of their stuff is character work. However, Will, the way that I see it, I don't see how FTR couldn't win this after the year that they've had collectively, individually. Who do you see winning Tag Team of the Year on the men's side? I disagree with that. I think okay. that when you look at the rise and success of a tag team and not just getting to that spot, but maintaining it, Tyrus I feel like... An idol. I feel like, Sean, there hasn't been a better success story for a tag team in 2022 than the Acclaimed. I okay. think that uh, what the Acclaimed was able to pull off this last year was remarkable. And thinking about how over those guys got, if you've been in a building where the Acclaimed is and you hear that opening screech followed by screams and people ready to hear what Max Caster has to say. It's one thing that the act was over. Um, and it's another thing that they literally got the phrase, scissor me daddy ass over. But then the in-ring performances have delivered at a high level. Um, they ended up surprising people at All Out and having one of the best matches this past year. Uh, they went in there with FTR and held their own. And uh, just at the beginning of this year, doesn't really count in the discussion, but thinking about the fact that going in there with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, again, had two banger of matches. These guys have proven that they belong as a tag team. They've got the act, they've got the, the talent, and on top of that, they're over. And they got over they this are. year as babyfaces. I don't think there's a better or bigger tag team act this year than the acclaimed. That's a that's a good shout. I think it's important to note that they got some some trios votes too as as a part of the daddy ass trio with them as mm -hmm. well. Denise, who are you seeing in this one? 
I'm definitely going with FTR here. I mean, even like now that they're, you know, taking some time off to like heal and all of that stuff, I think it just goes to show what a year they've had. So I would definitely go with FTR here. Let's see who won. The Fightful Men's Tag Team of the Year, it's FTR. In one of the largest margins of victory of the night, FTR pulls in 72% of the vote. With 37 matches as a tag team across eight promotions, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler dominated much of the tag team conversation in 2022 and picked up a few pounds of gold along the way, winning both the IWGP and Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles while also holding the AAA World Tag Team Championships through the majority of the year. FTR emerging victorious. And I'm going to carry us right into our next category because they go hand in hand. And I don't think that this one can be much of a debate of who's going to win it. But it's who the hell is, like, what match is going to win tag team match of the year? Like Everybody watching this knows, knows it's going to be FTR and the Briscoes. But there's three of them. In fact, I, I thought about this, Denise, and I was like, there's a chance that those three matches split the vote so much that a number four could sneak <laughs> up and end up winning, and then they don't. Now, we're going to go ahead and show you this fancy video momentarily, but I'm telling you guys who won it. It's FTR and the Briscoes. Rest Jay Briscoe's soul. Denise, which of the three matches do you think did it? I think it depends on how you felt about each of them. I think the first one felt extraordinarily special, especially to me, because I was there for that one. I know well, we were all there, actually. But it was one of those things that I personally appreciated it because I got to sit in in the production truck to watch it. So I got to kind of really see how uh, a match is pieced together from not just like the production standpoint, but not just from the excuse me, not from just the talent town standpoint but also from the production standpoint where i was seeing you know who was you know uh, you know i was seeing what everybody was doing what everybody's role was in helping put together this match and that to me was something that for me felt very special will uh which one do you think is, is taking home the the crystal well i think from my personal perspective i think that the dog collar the double dog collar match was just the ultimate um, payoff to what we got from those two teams. I think uh, that first match was an electric atmosphere and still one of my favorite experiences as a wrestling fan ever, and I've been to hundreds of shows. But just thinking about that time period, it was electric in that building. But thinking about uh, a story of everything I love about professional wrestling, getting a violent... Uh, aggressive, engaging, and unpredictable match in that uh, double dog collar match. That That's picture-perfect professional wrestling to me. I'll tell you why I love the dog collar match so much. Because they didn't get to build this on TV. They had to rely on the guns promoting this match. And, you know, when I see the same matches with the same people over and over again, with build, I'm like, what... How many more times can I watch this? And I watched that match and I watched something very beautiful and different. And um, it is, it was the art of violence is what they put out there. And they told the story 
with their blood, sweat, tears, and a couple of dog collars. Like, that was such a special way to do that. And the Briscoes are just... I don't know if I've ever seen a more convincing act in pro wrestling. Brock Lesnar, maybe. like, But the Briscoes, when they say they're doing something, I believe it. I believe every word of it. Let's figure out who won Tag Team Match of the Year. The Tag Team Match of the Year. Truth be told... It probably could have been any match from the trilogy, but Briscoes versus FTR3, the double dog collar match from Ring of Honor Final Battle took 50% of the vote. And what a way to honor the life and legacy of Jay Briscoe than by celebrating what may have been his most excellent performance. It was violent, it was breathtaking, and it wrapped up one of the most compelling trilogies in tag team wrestling history. Its closest competition in this vote was their first match from Supercard of Honor and Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaimed from All Out. A match that happened last month. And unfortunately, uh, Jay Briscoe is no longer with us. And uh, of course, that's that's tragic. We're sending our love to his, his friends, his family, uh, his co-workers, everybody that is deeply impacted by this. Chris Rain says the story of the dog collar match and what it told was awesome. It was awesome. It was perfect. It was, you know, shout to, um, to Phil Lindsay, who uh, noted on Ask Rhapsody this week, um, getting a little $5 sneak peek at things we say, I guess. But uh, he made the point that, you know, obviously to us in this wrestling bubble a lot of us have been aware of the briscoes for a very long time i've been watching briscoes matches for 18 years but uh you know a lot of people have noted and we i've seen it on twitter i've seen it on facebook i've seen a lot of people say that uh these matches against ftr were their first exposure to the briscoes this was the first time that they got to see them ever because this was the first time they had matches that were kind of promoted with the briscoes on a high level and uh you know, even if it was for a really short amount of time, it's actually kind of cool to think about the fact that they got exposed to a wider, larger audience. You know, these three Ring of Honor pay-per-views that we talked about, those are the three most bought Ring of Honor pay-per-views. And so, uh, yeah, the uh, the Briscoes really got to be on a larger stage in 2022. And knowing what we know now, that's actually kind of cool in hindsight. Now, uh, fortunately, we're, we're able to hear from Dax Harwood uh, regarding these awards. And full disclosure, he's going to spoil an upcoming award. But you know what? I wasn't going to have him cut another take of this or anything. Uh, he did very, very well this year. And uh, we actually had him do an acceptance a week or two ago. But considering the nature of what happened this week, he, he offered to send in another one, which I'm very, very glad he did. A couple of weeks ago, I was asked to um, comment on winning in-ring wrestler of the year, uh, tag team of the year, and tag team match of the year. And I took great honor and great pride in, in winning all those because they were fan voted. Um, obviously, in the last couple of weeks, things have changed um, for a lot of us. And one of those things is we lost uh, one of the best men to ever live in Jay Briscoe. Um, I want to take this one moment and um, honor Jay 
and uh, I want to dedicate this award to Jay, to Jay's family, uh, because without Jay Briscoe, without Jay and Mark Briscoe, I wouldn't have had the 2022 that I had, and I wouldn't have been able to give my my wife and my daughter the life that they have to the extent they have for years and years to come, because I'll be able to make a living off of those three matches for a really long time. Uh, thank you to everyone who voted, and thank you, Jay, for giving me this life and allowing me allowing me to continue to take care of my family. I will do my best to continue to take care of yours. I want to thank Dax so much for doing that. And I sent Cash a picture of the award that he he and Dax and the Briscoes won. And he told me it broke him up. Like this is obviously something that hits them very hard. And, and they were bonded through through bleeding together. Like we, we hear of that as, as a storyline on, on TV, but they were. They were bonded by by bleeding together uh, in the ring and drinking together backstage afterwards, which which we see. Uh, Denise, this is something you you worked the show that they were on the first time. You worked Supercard of Honor uh, last year, and you were a part of that special show. Will and I were in the audience, but what was that like for you to to witness that first one, which didn't even end up winning, and it's one of the greatest matches of all time. Like I said, it was one of those cool things where I got to see just everything get pieced together. But like even just, I don't know, man, I have so many good memories from that. And I I don't know what to say, like just going back and just thinking about all these like little moments that happened, like even just being backstage and seeing uh, Dax and Cash and the Briscoes. And I remember because I was walking down a hallway and it just so happened to be the exact same time that Tony Khan was walking down the hallway. And it was one of those things where we hadn't technically like, you know, been introduced type of things like, you know, one on one thing. And I remember being so uh, nervous because um, it was one of those situations where they were all like there talking. And I was like, okay, I can't just like walk by and not say anything because I'm shy. But you know, I went up to everybody and shook everyone's hand. And I just remember how everyone that was there was like, so nice and just so welcoming. And I was like, Oh, God, thank God, you know, but it is one of those things that when you have people be that nice, it I don't know what to say. It's something that always stood out to me. And it made you guys know just sometimes going up to people and saying hello, if you don't have like, if you don't know them that well, it, it can be hard. And they made it really easy for me. And I can imagine they made it easy for everybody else. Will, uh, I think these three matches are a great example of why I love pro wrestling so much. And I love tag team wrestling. Everybody can relate to having somebody they grew up with being like, man, I want to be a tag team champion with my cousin, my, my brother, my friend, any of those. Your cousin is a wrestler. I'm sure you grew up uh, thinking that as well. Like, And we see two brothers that started together and and were bonded like this then you see on the other end of the spectrum the other end of the ring two guys that were just they just met because they liked wrestling and then we see them create something that people will never forget thank you for that video dax for real that that means a lot and uh i think every fan watching right now uh felt a little something from that and this is this is a tougher category than I thought it was going to be. Say that much. Was not expecting to cry on the show. 
Well, uh, Dax did mention he won Men's In-Ring Wrestler of the Year. And when I told him that a few weeks ago when we closed the vote, he was also emotional about that. Uh, let's go ahead. We're going to roll the video for you guys before we talk about it. The Fightful Men's In-Ring Performer of the Year goes to Dax Harwood. In a category dominated by singles performers, the tag team specialist had an additional nine singles matches in 2022 against a who's who of talent, including CM Punk, Will Ospreay, Speedball Mike Bailey, Brian Danielson, who were all nominated, as well as his own tag team partner, Cash Wheeler, showing that he was not just a part of the best tag team of 2022, but as 40% of our voters thought, was the best men's in-ring performer overall. FTR bald is the best in-ring wrestler of the year. I love it, man. Like one of the things about Dax and Cash that stood out to me was when they left WWE, people were like, well, they got titles. They got money. What more could they want? They wanted tag team wrestling to be treated like it mattered. And when they went somewhere and made sure that it did, even though they've had their, their ups and downs with AEW, it led to them mattering in a singles perspective as well. Now, you know what? If somebody, if, if Will Ospreay would have got picked right here, I would have been completely fine. I think he had one of the best in-ring years I've ever seen, and he's already off to one of the best starts I've ever seen as well. But this isn't just a singles perspective. This is in-ring performer. And from an in-ring perspective, across singles, across tag, across trios, across anything, Will, it's hard to argue that Dax Harwood not only had one of the best in-ring years, but had a breakout year as well, because there were people talking about singles dream matches that they weren't talking about before. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think um, definitely this was the breakout year for Dax. No, uh, There's no question about that. Um, and uh, I'm really glad he got the appreciation for that. I'm glad people people saw that. And, you know, it's, it, you know, voting for FTR as tag team of the year is was kind of an easy vote it felt like but knowing that he got to have as you stated there those nine extra singles matches i think really put dax a little bit over the top because those singles matches all delivered i was a will osprey guy this year i thought will osprey was my in-ring guy of the year for sure and i had just a lot of fun with his wrestling matches this year um but yeah dax getting that award is excellent denise who stood out to you on the men's side in the ring so before I answer that, I do want to say one thing because I was just thinking about how I was literally sitting, listening we, for that Ring of Honor uh, press conference that happened afterwards. And I remember that Dax said that he wanted to make fans feel the way that Bret Hart made him feel. And it is kind of crazy to see that, you know, given with this vote, he was able to essentially, you know, accomplish that. So um, for me, though, I do want to go ahead and shout out somebody because I feel this person. Um had an absolutely great year all the matches that i saw with this person involved i don't know how else to say this but i felt like i was getting smarter watching him work and that is josh alexander oh, i think incredible. that josh alexander's matches and the storytelling and every little thing that he does matters so much he's definitely somebody i have to mention just absolutely killer matches all the time and i think he's going to be in the running again in 2023 without a doubt Without a doubt. Uh, Tom LaValle says, can you upload the Dax speech to social media, please? Yes. Uh, Kyler will be on that immediately. Jake says, I want to keep the bit going, but not right now. RIP, Jay. It was the greatest tag match I ever watched. Absolutely perfect from start to finish. Just beautiful. Thank you for that. 
Jake also says, Linda and Sheila robbed all the money they make Fightful. Ought to be ashamed. That is a toxic attraction tweet right there, or post right there. Jambeard also says, the Black Mask kick or Miyu Yamashita's skull kick are great as well. Yamashita's kick is one of my favorite kicks I've ever seen in wrestling. Meet Normus says, just wanted to know, or, or just wanted to show some love uh, for three of my favorite strangers. Can we get a Big Meaty Men Award for next year? Oh, it'd be a Sirloin Beef Sons of Bitches Award. And hell yeah, we will get that. That might be one that we we open up. Um, absolutely. See, that absolutely. one's got to be kind of like a Hall of Fame type award, and you have to induct like Big E first. Yeah, like a lifetime Sirloin Beef Sons of Bitches Achievement Award, for sure. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Well, we're going to go to Women's In-Ring Wrestler and the Singles Awards. These are brought to you, again, by our friends at 7-Strong.com. 7-Strong brand on Twitter. They are 7-Strong. If your clothing section is feeling a little bit weak, a reminder, you can strengthen that closet with button downs, four-way stretch, cotton poly blend, hidden collar buttons, tons of fun designs. They are a pandemic era uh, clothing group brought to you by seven friends from across the country. But you can get yourself a standing ovation no matter where you go. Whether Hey, listen, you show up at the award show with the Christmas tree cake shirt on, I'm going to give you a standing ovation. I'm going to be happy. 7strong or 7-strong.com 7strong brand on Twitter check them out really love what I see out of them again they have matching adult and youth styles women's tees unisex tees hats and hoodies all kinds of stuff for your wardrobe at 7-strong.com our next award is the women's in ring wrestler of the year it is hard for me to go against a Bianca Belair because I feel like two WrestleManias in Will, she has entrenched herself as Mrs. WrestleMania. She has match of the year contenders at WrestleMania for the title. And that's the standard now. When she wrestles at WrestleMania this year, yeah, well, it's going to be uphill battle if it's Ronda, but I expect her to have match of the year contenders <laughs> for championship on the show who are you picking for your women's in-ring wrestler of the year uh who i i i went in circles on this one for some time but i really think that um tony storm really showed up and showed what she felt everyone else was missing on her. I think that Tony Storm um, really had the best uh, in-ring title reign that the AEW women's title has seen so far. I think the way that she was able to, in the span of, I think she only held the belt for like 10 weeks, but in those 10 weeks, she had what uh, more defenses than uh, most of the other AEW women's world champions. I think she fell right behind Britt Baker, who had it for a year. Actually, I think she met, matched Britt Baker, uh, but meanwhile fell behind Hikaru Shida. That's who it was. But uh, either way, Tony Storm just went out there and delivered every single chance she got. And I think that Tony Storm really had a phenomenal year in ring. Denise. 1000% my vote goes to Bianca Belair. I have to pick her because I think she did a phenomenal job. Um, 
in every single match that she was in. She freaking killed it, man. She brings, she makes me so happy. When I watch her wrestle, it, it is just so exciting to see what she does. She does something different in all her matches. She has great chemistry. She does really good things. And she, uh, you know, you mentioned her being like Miss WrestleMania and this and that, right? And part of that is because she has this aura, this superstardom aura, not just in her presence, but in the way that she works. And to me, it is definitely Bianca Belair. I feel like I, I need to mention Sherry Kondo as well. Like I was, I wasn't excited to see her lose her way out of the UFC because I, I, I just always loved her as a performer. But when that happened, I was like, we're going to get to see her wrestle again. We're going to get to see her in pro wrestling again. And she has absolutely killed it. Sherry Kondo is one of my favorite performers, period, forever, always. She is incredible. Let's see who won Women's In-Ring Wrestler of the Year. The Fightful Women's In-Ring Wrestler of the Year goes to Jamie Hayter. With 48% of the vote, Jamie just barely edges out stiff competition from Bianca Belair and Shuri Kondo, but proved herself worthy of the award across 25 matches in 2022 with much louder performances against the likes of Riho, Tony Storm, and Hikaru Shida and finished the year as AEW Women's World Champion. Congratulations to Jamie Hayter. Hard to argue with that, too. I mean, she had an emergence. We all knew that, that she could be there, and AEW pulled the trigger. It might have happened a little later than what most people expected, but I feel like that late emergence definitely helped her. Oh, Now we got our four prime awards here, including match of the year on the men's side denise who you got all right so for the men i am going to give it to uh cm punk and mjf for that dog hey. collar match um it was one of my favorite things that you know i was, i saw this year i already mentioned how much i love this, the feud earlier so definitely for me it's cm punk mjf Reminder, guys, these are fan-voted for people that are being weird in the chat, as they will. We already expect, expected this. I know. Was I know. I shouldn't have even addressed it. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Get your votes in in the future. Will, your, your men's singles match of the year. I'm glad it got a lot of recognition this year because I, I feel like it fell off the radar as we got to the end of the year, and I saw a lot of people bringing it up. But it was the match that being at in person, I had the most fun with. I've watched it back probably three or four times since. But guys, Orange Cassidy def <laughs> uh, had a title shot against Will Ospreay at Wrestle. Uh, sorry, at um, at Forbidden Door this year, and those guys tore the freaking house down. This was Orange Cassidy's best match easily of that year. I think. It is Will Ospreay's best match of the year. Some people would argue differently, but I think just having that atmosphere, having those guys um, control the crowd the way they were able to, the way they were able to work in the laughs, the way they were able to work in the action, the way that they were able to sell Orange Cassidy as a legitimate threat to Will Ospreay, and the way that Will Ospreay continued to uh, give, I think, Orange Cassidy the hardest-hitting match he's had. Absolutely. Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay was match of the year. I got to say, my pick is for the one that won, and you guys are about to find it out. The men's singles match of the year award goes to 
Gunther versus Sheamus for the WWE Intercontinental Championship from Clash at the Castle. The hard-hitting banger wins a close race, beating runners-up CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match, and Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy, taking 33% of the vote. Look at that, the, the three matches we mentioned. This match was an absolute humper. Denim on denim, dry humpage with two sirloin beef sons of bitches. Walter Gunther is who we thought he was. And Sheamus is who WWE always thought he was. When he was beating John Cena back in the day, this is who they knew he could be. And he is that. And we are... We're living on like bonus time with Sheamus. There were people in WWE that were telling me three, four years ago, we'd be lucky if we got one more mania out of Sheamus. He doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. And these, these humpers didn't just start. He's been doing this for years and years and years, having bangers after bangers after bangers. And not only that, this hits all our catchphrases. They're sirloin beef sons of bitches too. Even with Gunther leaning out, he's still a surly beef sons of bitch. He's just, you know, he's just that 93% lean. That, that's what he is now. They are absolutely killing it. I love it. And I, I'm really, really loving Sheamus getting his flowers here. When he wins that Intercontinental title, it's going to really, really mean something. And I absolutely love that. Like, to me, a, sta a big stadium show two guys that we knew were going to go in and beat the living shit out of one another, Will. And they did it. They did. Um, no, this was absolutely one of my favorite matches of this year, easily. I think that uh, the way that these guys went out there and stole the show on a card that uh, there was so much other potential to, to take, and I think that the level that this match brought the Intercontinental Championship to also shouldn't be understated. They... I feel like the Intercontinental Championship is a belt that we've been talking about more than we've been talking about it for the last decade. And yeah, these guys beat the shit out of each other. And that's pro wrestling. And that's that's ultimately what you want to see. This this was the right vote for sure. Denise, how do you feel about them winning? I think you guys both said everything I wanted to say. This one definitely deserved uh, you know, the win and the recognition that it got. <laughs> Living Dead Frank says Gunther and Sheamus was an absolute tanger. <laughs> and Jambeard says, Haterade for the win, but to me it was a toss-up between uh, Jamie, Bianca, and Grace. Not understandable. Women's singles match of the year. To me, there was one call. Because of the stakes, because of where it happened, because of, of all that. And it was uh, Bianca Belair... Becky Lynch, Mania. It was righting a lot of wrongs because at no... I still don't think the SummerSlam idea was a good idea. I don't even care if it was paid off. But you have Bianca Belair, who I have I've mentioned. She's Mrs. WrestleMania to me. And Becky Lynch, who went away for a year and a half and got better. She just didn't wrestle for a year and a half and came back and was even better. Now, there's a whole bunch of absolute humpers in stardom. There's a whole bunch of good matches in Impact as well. Jordan Grace killed it last year. Absolutely killed it. Will, what's your women's singles match of the year? Um, 
I do agree with you that for the stage it was on, uh, I think that Becky and Bianca deserves that spotlight. But I also want to give a little bit of recognition and for what it accomplished to another match that took place far later in the year. Uh, so late in the year that it almost didn't count. But uh, talking about Jamie Hayter and Hikaru Shida main eventing um, Dynamite uh, and at the end of December. That didn't I, count. It'll be on this year's vote. Right. <laughs> so that to me was uh, that was my 2022 Women's Match of the Year. I think that, um, and I think on Cage Match, it's rated really highly. But just the way that those two were able to, again, you want things to look kick-ass. You want things to look like a fight. You want it to look like they're beating the shit out of each other. And those two did just that. They got the crowd into it at every single stage that by the time it was over, obviously they were in standing ovation mode there in San Antonio. And... uh I think that was the match, you know, obviously it was the first title defense of Jamie Hayter's reign, but after that match, I feel like it's a big part of the reason that people feel like we might be all right with Jamie Hayter as women's world champion because she delivered a banger. And she does well. I'm not taking away from Sheeta, by the way. She's obviously my yeah. favorite wrestler. But I think just the two of them getting that was, and it was the main event too. Great stuff. Sure. Denise, your women's singles match of the year. It is definitely Becky versus Bianca at WrestleMania. I'm sorry, that match was amazing. And not only that, I was talking to like a lot of people after this in terms of like, oh, what was your favorite WrestleMania match? What was your favorite WrestleMania match? The majority, pretty much everyone that I was talking to was like, it's Becky and Bianca. That was match of like, you know, for WrestleMania 38. And keep in mind, we had Austin's return and a fun match that he had with Kevin Owens. We had Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and so many other big moments that we had. And so many people were talking about Becky and Bianca. So for me, this is match of the year, hands down, for the women. Let's see who won. Best women's singles match goes to Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship from WrestleMania 38, night one. With 48% of the vote, this now classic defeats Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter from Full Gear and Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich from Bound for Glory. I don't think it can be underestimated how good the work that Jordan Grace has been doing in Impact either, and I feel like if that had more eyes on it, she would be getting a lot more votes as well. But she's got to be in the consideration for women's overall performer of the year as well. So what I particularly love about the way that we did these awards, in-ring wrestler, best on promos overall. I'm going to give you guys a spoiler. No same person won any of these. And that shows what pro wrestling is. It's a combination of all these beautiful talents and, and the things that people are good at. Denise, women's overall, when you factor in wrestling, you factor in in-ring, you factor in the presentation, accolades, the stage they're on, who was the best for you? I'm sticking with Bianca Belair on this one. I think that, I mean, I've said a lot of great things about her today and copy and paste, post them up here, exact same thing, Bianca Belair. It's hard for me to disagree with that. I mean, she was around all year. She carried WWE's women's side of things on the Raw side of things all year. Big matches all the time, always delivers too. Always makes the best of what she can do. Will, who do you got? 
Uh, also, Bianca Belair. I think that um, I, I, I wanted to be fair in, in split my picks and split my votes because, honestly, she was the women's wrestler I just overall enjoyed the most in 2022. I think that uh, she pretty much from Elimination Chamber on just was kicking ass and delivering in every single thing she did. I think that the feud with Becky Lynch, um, the resuming of the feud with Becky Lynch, I agree with you that the stuff they did in 2021 was nonsense. It didn't need to happen. You could have gotten here without that, and you barely even referenced it. Um, and so, although it was a big factor in the the match itself, but uh, I think that Bianca Belair has had a uh, just this tremendous year in terms of establishing herself as a cut above everybody else on the roster she feels like the star she feels like the person everybody should be gunning for it's amazing that uh i, I pointed out in some of the build-up to um to survivor series how you know she was making those appearances on smackdown she felt mm -hmm. like the smackdown champion just by being there because she has that much of a presence her matches deliver her promos deliver she delivers her feuds deliver bianca belair absolutely feels like somebody who belongs at the top of a company and should be the face of one let's stop prolonging the inevitable the fightful women's overall performer of the year goes to bianca belair after winning the 2022 elimination chamber and going on to wrestlemania to win the raw women's championship there's been no stopping the est with successful rivalries against some of WWE's biggest stars in Becky Lynch and Bayley, as well as a return to the War Games match, it's no wonder that the second longest reigning Raw Women's Champion of all time secured 43% of the vote and may have solidified herself as Mrs. WrestleMania. Shadman says, Bianca's been my favorite wrestler in 2022, men's or women's. I completely understand. And I mean, this is... A woman who didn't grow up a wrestling fan. <laughs> she she learned. She's still learning. It's amazing. Doc Azrael says, everyone looking great tonight. Nice job to everyone involved in putting this award show together. Guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. We're headed for the last award. And Jake says, can I start the petition for Swerve and Lee for Match of the Year 2023? Well, we got to have it first. But first, it's the men's overall performer of the year. Personally... I think that on the AEW side, John Moxley is one of them. I think MJF would be up there if he hadn't been gone all summer and if he had been in the ring more. But selfishly, I got to say Sami Zayn. I don't know if I've been more enthralled with somebody inside the ring, outside the ring, from a storyline perspective, comedic, serious, empathy, sympathy, than Sami Zayn. I've loved this guy. He's taken me for a ride with everything that he's done. Will, who's your men's overall pick? So I have to think about the fact that, you know, yesterday I saw, or maybe it was the day before yesterday, but there was a video posted of um, a return. And that return was John Moxley's return in Washington, D.C. last year. Uh, and John Moxley despite the fact that he wanted to take a vacation, didn't stop from the time he returned. He worked that week's rampage yeah. and then was on a roll and worked his ass off as AEW's ace top guy pretty much till the, through the end of December. From January to December, you didn't see less of John Moxley. And he 
proved why he is that guy. And he at so many turns when AEW wasn't able to run with the intention, whether it was CM Punk having the, the foot injury and John Moxley having to pick the ball up and be the main event of Forbidden Door, or whether it was everything that happened with Brawl Out and John Moxley having to pick the title up and be the guy. John Moxley was the guy and he delivered. Uh, and he delivered in ways where it uh, it wasn't just the promos because the promos I think always come together with John Moxley. I always feel from John Moxley because I, I I feel like a, a sense of genuineness from him. But then also I think match wise he comes off like a legitimate badass in his matches. And I think when you when it comes down to it, when you think about the top guy of a promotion in 2022. I don't think anybody did better with it than John Moxley. Denise. So I can tell we're all very different on this one here. And I feel like we all kind of saw it a little bit differently. And this one, I got to tell you, I'm torn because I have two names that I want to give. And I think one is going to surprise people. And I think one's not going to surprise people. And yeah, it's definitely not Tyrus, but (laughs) for me, I'm throwing out CM Punk's name because I think that while even though he was out for some, you know, the, him getting injured half after the, the championship Over and all of that, year. I thought that everything that he did do while he was there was phenomenal. But the other person, and I'm kind of leaning more towards selecting this person. It's Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins is constantly overlooked, and I don't think he should, man. I think he's going out there constantly. (laughs) Every time he goes out there for any segment, the crowd is going bananas over him. The matches that he has are phenomenal, Um, and he's he's just – He's doing such a great job. Everything that he did with Cody Rhodes, which we talked about here today. Um, So I am kind of leaning towards Seth Rollins here. Let's find out who won. Men's overall performer of the year is John Moxley, taking 51% of the votes and running away from his closest competition in Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Moxley began the year with a celebrated return from rehab and never stopped running, holding the AEW World Championship a record three times with victories over Hiroshi Tanahashi, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson. Along with his AEW performances, Moxley also continued to perform in New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he defeated Will Ospreay, and across independent promotions, spending much of the year as GCW World Champion. John Moxley is your Men's Overall Performer of the Year. This year is going to be very interesting. Probably no punk. MJF is around all year. Cody Rhodes is coming back. You've got Will Ospreay, who showed a lot of people exactly what kind of promo he could cut and open some eyes. Kenny Omega is back. There's going to be a whole lot. I think Seth Rollins is heading towards the top of the card, but John Moxley emerges victorious. Guys, I want to thank you all so much. I want to thank our sponsors, Seven Strong Brand, the Pro Wrestling Podcast, Red Five Comics, CasinLLC.com, Wrestle Lost, uh, Wrestling Amino, uh, and OnePunchFits.com. Thank you guys so much. I want to thank Denise for doing voiceovers, Will for doing videos. Will, how are you feeling about these awards? Uh, pretty good. I think, like, honestly, again, th- this has been... Uh, a common thing for me and i love doing ultimately the the fan vote and that's ultimately what matters here um and you guys voted and uh 
I, I love the turnout. I love the enthusiasm around it. Uh, I always love hosting with you guys, and I'm thrilled. I'm happy with this. A reminder, guys, if you're watching this live, we do have an Impact Post Show because we're here every night live. We have a few super chats. Jake says, John Moxley versus Horseshoe Tanahashi. Jake Salazar says, Jeff Jarrett was robbed again in all categories. Meet Normus says that Mox should win the Dante Hicks I'm Not Even Supposed to Be Here Today award. And we've got a Shucky Ducky Quack Quack from Yao. And Shot Kid understandably says, I think the sour taste from SummerSlam kept me from fully enjoying Becky Bianca at Mania the way I should. I give my women's match of the year to Kyrie versus Mayu. Fallen deep into the stardom rabbit hole after Shiri Yatami double KO match. Well, that's absolutely understandable as well. Kelsey also says, thank you tonight uh, for everything tonight. Everyone that everyone or everything that everyone at Fightful put into these awards. You're incredible. Constantly bringing a smile to our faces. Denise, how you feeling? How does this rank among your red carpets? Uh, you know what? I'm giving it the number one spot. Yay. Yeah. Fightful Select. FightfulSelect.com, guys. It's how you can most support us. But we just really appreciate you regardless. Whether you, you give us your five bucks or not, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this great community. Until next time, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.